listening to the Hard-Headed Podcast. I am Mike Harden. Jason Head right here. And we are bringing you White Sox talk, life talk, movie talk, music talk, all in one as Jason and I sit down and watch our favorite baseball team, the Chicago White Sox, take on tonight the Texas Rangers. And Jason, the whole point of this podcast is that we sit down, we turn on the game at the beginning. You know, the podcast here is, you know, we have some White Sox talk. We have some life talk. We, we, we go through all the gamuts of, of topics of interest with us at the start of the game. The key is the start of the game. And while the game is still here in the first inning, first we pitch. got the first pitch. It's is, supposed is to our be, rule. What's our tagline? What's the tagline? The tagline is from first pitch to last pitch. Yes. We talk White Sox baseball, <laughs> movies, music. Gambling and everything else so, in between. So we can guarantee we will cover all those bases except tonight, the first pitch of the game, because we got caught in a rainstorm today. <laughs> we thought we had enough time to get a quick bite to eat, uh, and we didn't because the skies opened up and basically washed us out on the way back uh, to, your, to your apartment here. You'll, you'll never know what's going on with the Chicago weather these days. No, so we yeah, so so we got in here. Uh, we're starting up here. The White Sox are in the top of the first inning. They already have runners on the corners. They are playing the Texas Rangers, um, and our White Sox are eighty-three and sixty-three. Eighty-three. Yeah, there you go. Eighty, the eighty-three nation. Um, uh, they are sitting comfortably in first place with an eleven-game lead here in mid-September. As the regular season starts winding down, the magic number is seven. Uh, and this team is well on their way to uh, winning their first division title since 2008. Jason, how does that make you sleep at night? <sighs> a lot of, lot of bad years in there. A lot of bad years. Well, let's not, let's not get there. Let's just about this year. I mean, so they, it, they, so the last podcast we did back at the end of July, they had a nine-game lead. Uh, they were in first place. Um, you know, we weren't ready to call them uh, the, the, the division champions just yet. However, they really did not miss a beat since then. The, the level of play has been kind of suspect lately, but they – haven't lost any ground. They've actually gained some ground since we since we last spoke, and uh, yeah, they're coming down to the end here, looking like a division title's in store for this team. It is. Um, I just wish uh, you know it's very nice to see that you know we are going to get back to uh, buying a division uh, a division winner. I'm excited to get the uh, the pennant of the 2021. AL Central Division champions. Well, don't uh, stop there, Jason. Don't well, I'm stop just there. saying, you know, uh, every every uh, postseason appearance that the White Sox have made, my dad created a tradition on buying the pennant. I've kept on with that tradition. It's been a long drought in the last 13 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely, I don't think they even made any last year. Um, so well, I don't think they want you want to hang a second wild card in an expanded. Do they make play. those type I, I don't of pennants? That's a lot of wording uh, to do for a second wild card. Or no, was it, they were the the third wild, fourth fourth wild card last year in an expanded playoff format due to the short season. So uh, 
not too much to celebrate last year, especially with the quick out that they had uh, against Oakland. But this year, um, you know, clearly, unless something totally tragic happens uh, in about a week here, they should be crowned. Hopefully, less than a week should be crowned division champions. Hopefully by Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, that's you know, you know they got to take care of business here this weekend against the Texas Rangers, while the Cleveland Indians are taking on the New York Yankees. So. Hopefully we'll get some help there. Um, one thing I did want to do, though, as we kick this off today, I want to pay tribute to the to the last division championship team that's a that is about to fall. We got to pour one out for them, I think. Um, just a quick update. You know, I will be giving updates throughout the night on this. The Yankees are up two nothing uh, in the top of the fifth. So. Well, there you go. If the White Sox win tonight and Cleveland loses, that magic number is five, five stone pony. So Yeah, so, you know, very exciting. Let's pour one out for the 2008 team, and hopefully. Yeah, the, they, uh, they, that, you know, them, the, the 08 team uh, standing as the last team to win, uh, a, the last White Sox team to win the AL Central, that is going to fall. And I think, you know, it's, 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 it's so since it's been such a long time, that that team has been near and dear to our hearts. Um, we should pay tribute to them because no longer will the 2008 team be the the last division champion. So, so Jason, a little some fun facts about that 08 team. Uh, as we all know, they did uh, have to play a 163rd game that year, a tiebreaker game against the Minnesota. Twins. They had to win three games in a row. They did to win the division. They did. So their their final record was 89 and 74. Uh, they spent pretty much the majority of the season in first place. Did you know that? I did. They <laughs> they were uh, 127 days in first. I is what Baseball Reference is telling me here. Their biggest lead was six games. Wow, that year close close race. So they uh, no 2005 White Sox on that one. No, so biggest lead was. Uh, on June 10th, six games up. They were farthest behind two and a half games uh, in the middle of May. They, you know, kind of like what this 2021 season is happening, kind of a tale of two halves. First half of their season, they were 54 and 41. Uh, second half, 35 and 33. So obviously this year's squad has uh, kind of come back down a little bit, but you know, that is also expected when you play so well in the first half. I think a lot of teams go through the same thing. But, you know, that 2008 roster, two Hall of Famers on that team. Who are they, Jason? They're Ken Griffey Jr. and Jim Tomei. That's right. Griffey was a, was a trade deadline acquisition. From the Cincinnati Reds. That is true. Kenny Williams got his man four years too late. <laughs> um, so, you know, that team, you know, had the – had the usual cast of characters from that 05 squad. You know, Paul Canerco, uh, Bobby Jenks on the team, Jermaine Dye, um, Mark Burley, uh, Jose Contreras. Uh, Joe Creedy was on that team. He Joe Creedy! He only played, oh, 97 games that year. I believe that was the year he really started getting some injury issues with the team. Wasn't around much longer than that. Uh, they had the disastrous trade uh, to acquire Nick Swisher that year. If we recall, Nick Swisher was on that team. Dirty uh, 30. Do you want some other names you know from I, that 20 You know I love a good blast in the past 
baseball White Sox roster. All right, so here we go. Uh, oh, do you know who led the team in war that year? Ooh, I'm gonna go before with, we get to the to the drudges of the. Uh, is it the somebody that you would expect or no? Because I, I, I do have a good idea. Because I think I think there's there's claim for him to win the MVP that year, and I'm gonna go with. Oh. I'm gonna go with get back, Jermaine. Get back, Jermaine died. No. So you are way off. Oh, okay, that. okay. So I did not expect this player to have the highest war of the team. So this player was it? Was it the D bag from the Los Angeles Angels of Orlando Cabrera? Uh, no. So okay, it was John Danks. Okay, as a pitcher. Yeah. So wow. he had a six-four war that year. Jesus, and that was the highest. That was, that was the highest. Mark Burley with a four-four. God, the second player is a pitcher. And oh, I'm sorry, nope. Uh, John Dank still number one, six-four. The second highest was Carlos Quinton. The Carlos Quinton with a five-three. Then you had Mark Burley with a four-four. Uh, who else on this list? You God, had... Carlos Quinn. You forget. About Carlos Quinn, because you look at the division-clinching lineup, and he is not in. That's because he had anger issues. He had anger issues, and he liked self-harm, and he slammed his wrist into a bat and broke his hand. In Cleveland. In Cleveland, no less. Uh, Other players. So, Jermaine Dye, like you said, he had a 2-8. So, a nice season for Jermaine. Um, Paul Canerco. (laughs) The the legendary Paul Canerco. Paulie. Paulie. Yeah, well, that year, <laughs> Paul Canerco was the war was .9. If you remember, he did not have a very good year that year. So uh, not one of the, the studs of that lineup. Uh, Javier Vasquez, a 3-1, who I, he was know, the He was the game one playoff starter. Th- yeah, but that was because they burned Danks in the, uh, the blackout game. So let's let's take a trip down memory lane here. So we, we what covered, about Danks? Yep. So we covered, um, you know, a lot of the, the the players that we all know. You know, obviously there's AJ Prezinski there. Um, Alexei Ramirez was was that was his rookie year. Juan Uribe on the team. You're forgetting you know, like, the perfect game hero. The perfect game hero. Dwayne Wise. He was in the starting lineup for the clincher and the playoff roster. That is correct. He was there. But let's let's go even deeper than that. Let's go real deep cuts besides Dwayne Wise. So I looked at the roster a little bit, and can I just throw out my deepest? Who's your deepest from this team? Scott Weinbrink. Yeah, but he was a solid player. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Oh. So Scott Weinbrink, I think, had like one good average possibly season. But there are guys here that I don't even re- like. Who was Paul Phillips? Some guy that was bagging groceries after the season. Who who the hell was Horatio Ramirez? Some guy that was not uh, long for baseball. Esteban Loaiza had his final uh, his final stint with the club. I think his final stint before he was thrown Wait, in jail. How they resigned him? They did. God, I don't remember that. So, old Esteban, he played in three games that year. As a reliever or as a uh, starter? Had to be a re- had to be a, le- a reliever. No game started. Um, uh, Octavio Dotel came out of the bullpen that year. 
uh, DJ Carrasco, one of the relievers. Lance Broadway, actor extraordinaire on that team. Uh, Brian Anderson still hanging around. Uh, Jason Burgo. I remember him, outfielder. All right, okay. Uh, Toby Hall, obviously, is there. Chris Getz, who is now in the front office. Gavin Floyd, Josh Fields, I believe that was his rookie season, right? Or no? Was no, that, 2007. Was it, he caught that's the right. last out for the perfect game. That is correct. No, he did not. Alexei! Josh Fields caught the last. Caught it. Caught the out. So Alexei threw to Josh Fields at first base. Oh, I mm-hmm. forgot he was playing first base. Look at you. What a fan you are. What a fan. Uh, no fake news here, folks. Um, Horatio Ramirez. Who the hell was Horatio Ramirez? Uh, Aaron Wasserman, who I believe his story oh was God. that. The he, sidearm. He took the red line to the games, I think. Was that his stick or something like that? Uh, Pablo Zuna still there. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? AJ. Yeah, we talked AJ Brzezinski. Adam Russell, pitcher. Wasn't he like 6'9 or something? Adam Russell was 6'6", 280. Oh. Stone Pony. Didn't need to know his weight, but thanks, Mike. Hey, I got all of it in front of me here. Uh, Gavin Floyd. You got eye color over there? Yeah. Uh, the aforementioned Orlando Cabrera. Um, so, yeah, you know, kind of an odd mix of players there. Uh, that, that, that was kind of like the last run of that core, obviously. A lot of, lot of shitty young talent there and a lot of old, this is our last shot, let's yeah. go for the taking. Yeah, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, why, by getting swept in Minnesota that final weekend or the, the final week in the, uh, excuse me, getting swept in Minnesota that final week of the season put them out of first place, a half game out of first place. They had to win a lot of games those last uh, few games there to even force that tiebreaker. So that really screwed up their, their starting rotation for the playoffs, and they were dispatched. I remember, by the Tampa Bay Rays, who right. actually went on to the World Series that year. And lost. I remember uh, that Minnesota series when they uh, the Minnesota acted like they won the World Series in the Metrodome. They did. Uh, they did. Uh, was that the beginning of Carlos Gomez? It, that was the. Yes, he he hit yes. the walk off hit right and like celebrated around first and second and uh, they acted like the one they won the World Series. They did. They. I remember the huge dog pile there and. You know, for, for celebrating like that, for just being a half game up with a lot of baseball to go, um, you know, we, we they the Sox gave it back to them then the final week of the season, um, won that wonderful tiebreaker game, um, and but were quickly out uh, by the Rays. They did win the game three of the of the playoffs that year, but Rays were too good that year. The Sox were too beat up and, and worn out by then. You know, the Sox were never uh, the same after that. You know, I think in 2009 they were uh, semi-competitive up until the final month of the season. The 2010 team, they won a lot of games, but they were, you know, they really fell out of it again, you know, early September. So that was really the final gasp of that 05 core that probably should have been broken up sooner than it really was. Um, Do you remember the 2007 season? It was a total disaster with that core. 
It was a complete disaster. So, so 08 was a nice uh, was a nice bounce back year. You know, from losing 90 games the year before to winning just about 90. You know, the how next many, year. How many times has that happened where a team has won 90 games? I think 96 games, lost 90 games, and then almost won 90 games again. Well, weren't the uh, I believe the the early decade Boston Red Sox teams were very up and down. I think maybe I think it was like 2000. I want to say it was like the 2012 or 2013, whatever year they they won in 13. So 14, or it was either 12 or 14. They were last because they went from like first to last to first. Right. Yeah. So the Minnesota Twins several years ago, I believe, lost 100 games, and the next year they won. They won the division, I believe. So, right. um, you know, it, it certainly does happen. Um, That's when we started saying, you know, the White Sox are about to get good, and then we were saying to each other, why the fuck are the Twins starting to be good now? This team isn't supposed to be good. Right, right, and, and they're not good anymore, which <laughs> is nice. So, you know, uh, kind of an odd mix of players on that 08 team, but finally they're going to not have that burden. They're not going to shoulder the burden anymore of the last – Team to win the division, hopefully. Um, so with with a division clinching win in the uh, imminent future here, and we'll see how you know if we can win a pennant and go on to win a World Series. Do you think at the ballpark the banners in the uh, the light towers remain the same, or do you think they put a new twist or spin on that to add in the 2021 season? Because you know how they're always changing the retired numbers and putting those all over the ballpark. You know, ever since 05, and I th- they did add it in 08, but, you know, that was kind of like the let's give it the last gas team. This is a completely new team where, you know, hopefully we have a couple of these numbers added on. Do you think they create something new with the expectation of adding a couple division winners here, hopefully a World Series title? in the next four to five years. Yeah, I just don't know where they put it at this point because the outfield walls look like the yellow pages, uh, which is even an old reference for an, even an old guy like me. Speaking but- of, speaking <laughs> of the, the yellow pages, I saw that they had the Caesar Sportsbook on there the other day in center field. Yeah, well, you got to sell that space, man. So and we're not going to put retired numbers there. Or- let, me, let me just tie that into our, our show bet tonight. Okay. Um, I know that you messaged me earlier um, that we should go with the Sox team total of under five. Because we've been doing pitchers. We've been doing pitcher strikeouts, which I kind of wouldn't mind doing uh, Cease tonight because he's like third in the AL with uh, strikeouts. But I saw that they I made the I made the bet a little late because we got rained on. I was supposed to be uh, <laughs> doing that at dinner over a couple hot topics that we discussed earlier, but we got rained on and poured on and thunderstormed on so i was going to talk to you about the bet didn't make the bet at dinner saw that they scored one run so i actually went with the over five so hopefully they score six oh, runs wow. tonight <laughs> then how much was our wager this season 25 the normal 25 okay. and we will win 20 so that's actually favoring and i was thinking with texas in the hot heat that hopefully uh hopefully but they're in a dome now oh well, not a dome, but it's a. Uh, is it an open air? I think I think still? it is. I but think with it is. Just a roof over their head. Okay, okay, so I didn't realize that the roof would be closed tonight. 
We're in one of these situations again. Are they playing in Milwaukee tonight? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, with the yellow pages. So yeah, our show bet tonight, folks, is that the uh, we we took the over on the White Sox scoring five runs. So it's one nothing in the bottom of the first. So hopefully our beloved White Sox pale hose get uh, five more runs for us. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we're already uh, in the bottom of the first. The Sox have a one nothing lead. Uh, Dylan Cease has is pitching well. Um, but speaking of the dinner. <laughs> the dinner of the chicken tenders of some Mike that you stole? I didn't steal. I Here, they called Mike. It, they have a faulty process. It's Chicago. There's a lot of Mikes. Well, there's a lot of Mikes in the world. They just have a very faulty uh, process of picking up your order. You know, they just call your name out. They throw it out there. There's no check. There's no receipt where you match. There's no receipt. So they called Mike. That looked like my order. I took it. However, you ordered before me at the (laughs) same cash register and waited 20 minutes longer than me. Mike took the order of another Mike that had the exact same order as our Mike Harden on this podcast. And I got to drool. It's kill or be killed. I got to drool and sit there and watch Mike eat while I just twiddled my and thumbs. And I did not wait for you. No. I did not wait. No. I'm ruthless. And you are. Just like you're texting. <laughs> so, uh, however, I, I went with the side of fries. You went with, see, we have a very different um, palette. palette of the sides. I'm a fry guy. You're an onion rings guy. See, for me, like, I feel like it's it's not, it's like fries or... It's like great fries or nothing. You know, it's like they got to be like red hots, you know, skinned, f- deep fried French fried potatoes. Like it's like not every fry is good. Hmm. There's got to be a style. See, I think there's more variance there with the onion rings. That's true. That's true. But I go ahead. No, I'm just saying I think you're more likely to get bad onion rings than you are to get bad fries. That's true, but I mean, like, that's true. But you're willing to roll that dice, aren't you? I, I just like a good beer-battered onion ring, man. Like, you know? True. That, true. I mean... I, I just think... I think you're setting yourself up for disappointment with, with the onion rings. Maybe, but I know my places that have the beer-battered onion rings where if they don't and they serve onion rings, I'll go with the fry. I'll go with the fry. And, like, you know, like, here's the, here's the way I rank... The three things that I'm thinking about here, hot dogs, fries, and onion rings. You can't put onion rings on a fry. Or I'm sorry, you can't put onion rings on a hot dog. So okay. the, the great combination of a hot dog with fries, I will take that over a side of onion rings. Like if you gave me chicken tenders and a side of onion rings or a hot dog and fries, you got me with the hot dog and fries. Well, you're, you're a red-blooded American, Jason. That's why. Well, well, you know, what can I say? You know, I'm vaccinated, so. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with it, but I think, a, I think any and all people make, of all walks of life can enjoy a hot dog with. I'm just saying that makes me American, mm. you know. Helping the cause, stone pony. All right, so. So let's get back to. No, let, you didn't answer my question, though. Where do you think if they chose to do something different with the banners because I actually like what they have, but I'm just, you know, I think the the opportunity, you know, with hopefully future celebrations and division winners and hopefully World Series, I feel like, you know, 
if they're thinking long term and there's multiple, maybe there is something down the road. And the reason why I'm just thinking about this, do you know who has the worst banner, um, celebratory banner, I think, in baseball? It's across town. It's little pennant flags. Well, I don't like. The, I'm not a fan of the flags. I yeah. don't like the flags because you can't even see them. I like the pennant as like a merchandise item, and like yeah. I was saying that, like I actually have, you know, maybe during our break I could show you all the ones because I have them here, the, the ones that my dad collected. I like those as a merchandise item, but yeah, I mean, if if it's not windy, you're not seeing it. Right. You know. Well, in the way, and I I don't want this to turn into Sox fan cub bash because a lot of teams do this too. But just the flags on the roofs and everything that 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 mark that those occasions, uh, I you think know, they, I think they need to be front and center. I think they need to be something that people can see, you know, wherever you're sitting in the park. I think they need to be displayed, um, especially for a team like the White Sox who don't collect many of these things. Uh, I think you know it's something that needs to be shown off. Well, I feel like the only time um, banners and and uh, and flags are good is. You know, like in the United Center where there's no wind. So you know right. that like, it's going to always be like that and it's going to look like that. Yeah, and, you know, they also, the, the, what the Sox do, and I've seen other teams do this, I think the Cardinals and the Giants do it or did it, the, the light post, putting the stuff on the light posts is... F- fucking Giants. You just got to bring it up, man. You just got oh, to bring up the San Francisco team. That's Giants. That's your favorite team. Like, the I, best team in baseball. We're going to face them in the World Series this year and it's going to be my hell. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you like the San? Is it the San Francisco thing? <laughs> no, I love San Francisco. San Francisco is like my one of my favorite cities. Like I've been there probably six times in my life. Love it. If uh, if the prices weren't astronomical, I probably would live there. Yeah. Hoodie weather, fall weather, year round. You know, I love San Francisco. Like hands down. Uh, the San Francisco Giants, though, I appreciate and admire that they won three world series in six years but then it was just like you know who the hell's on their team like two years later and then it's like you're, you're kind of waiting it's like the even years was always the san francisco years and it's just like jesus who the hell is on their team they're just nobodies well, and they like had a future, they, have a, they had a few future hall of famers on those teams they, they, they have had one. Buster Posey. I was going to say, they still have one. That... Baumgartner. <laughs> Baumgartner. Uh, yeah, yeah, they did. Um, but, I mean, that's the thing is that was it. And then, like, could you name anybody else on those? Like, Tim Lintz to come, but he was in a Hall of Famer. No, no, he, he's not. Uh, Who's they the... had Pablo Sandoval. He, the, good, the good version of but Pablo it, Sandoval. It's just crazy. Like, they literally – it's almost like what the White Sox – should have and desired to be like, you know, I feel like veteran team that was always in the, yeah, but, but it was not even a veteran team. It was like the plug and play. Where did we get this guy? You know, let's see what he's got left. Let's pick this guy up off the street. And every time it worked for the San Francisco, but you triggered me just a little moment ago when you said fall weather, because when you were describing San Francisco, fall weather is, is not a, a, something to celebrate. Oh my God! Yes, it no, is. No, it's not. No, it's not because the fall is actually the worst weather pattern I, that you can have. Spring. Think about it. Okay, think about it. Spring. Spring. There's an out. There's an out with spring. It gets warm. It only gets warmer. Okay, 
But would you rather be on the roller coaster of spring or just know where you're going with fall? Either way, you, you know, know where you're, you're going. You know where you're going. But wh- why be teased in, in spring? Because you're, you're coming out of it. So you, you cherish. But you don't those, know when you're coming out of but it. But you're cherishing those, those, those random 70s, those random 80s. That and then you get snow in next March, week. April. But, but, but it's less and less and less. In the fall, you wake up and it's 50 degrees outside. You got to wear a jacket. A hoodie. Or hoodie. a hoodie or whatever. And, you're, and you're le- then you're leaving work and it's 90 degrees outside. How is that any different from it being 90 one day and then being snowy and the, the next? in the fall, there's an end to it. There's an end to it. Like I love that this week's been that, that, that this week's been warm and it's gonna continue to stay warm. But you know there's you know it's coming to an end. You know it's coming to an end. And there's just that slow death. You know what I love? Slow death of of temperatures that are going. You know, it's eighty, it's eighty five. Oh my god, it's seventy eight. You know oh, what I love fuck, is that we're seventy five. Oh we're arguing if fall and spring are the worst when clearly winter's the fucking worst when it's winter's, zero degrees in January. The worst, but that's just what it is. Like you you accept it. I'll die on this hill. Fall is amazing. No, fall because no one gives a hell about the leaves. I, don't don't why do people care about I leaves? do. Why? Why do you care? Because I love Okay, one, because wouldn't you rather have changing leaf color changing leaf colors than no leaves on the and the trees at all in spring? I like to do a lot of nature walks. I like to get freaky like that. I like to go on marshes. I like to be in my own little world. Yeah, you know what? I like looking at the different colored leaves. I like seeing the progression of spring to summer to fall. Kind of like I'm this all, White Sox baseball I, team. I am all for progression. I, I would not want to live somewhere where it's summer all the time or you know hot temperatures all the time. Like Las Vegas? Yeah, I would not want to live in all warmth, you know, 365 days a year or all... All 50s, 360. I like that we do have the change. I'm not a fan of winter at all, but I would rather be in spring, summer than I would. Now, now, now here's a question for you. What do you? We're not talking spring, summer, Mike. We're talking spring and what, fall. What do you consider today, September 17th? What's summer you, still? Okay, you very good. Trust okay, me, my okay. mom has hounded my ass for a while because I was like. Yeah, I have a summer birthday because it's always technically a little bit warm in September 29th. And she would always get on me and goes, no, Jason, your birthday is actually fall because it's like September 22nd is fall. But currently right now, we're still in summer. Yes, okay, because I, I don't like the people that are calling this. Fall. I don't like when people like, oh, it's September. Yeah, Boom, it's fall. we're in fall. Right. No, we're Halloween not, decorations. Fall. Right. Like that's. Right. That's a sore spot for me because, like, my birthday is September 29th, and I was always like, no, 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 October 1st, Halloween decorations, yes. fall decorations. Well, decorations come out the first of the month that they land in, in my world. In my well, world, the the decorations come out the first of that month. You should tell Hobby Lobby that because they already got Christmas shit out. That's a business. I'm not going to argue with a business model. My you know what? In my, in my house. Why do we put it away? Just keep it up year round. Well, at Hobby Lobby, wouldn't they just have an aisle for each specific, each specific yeah. season? Yeah. Why not have a fucking aisle for each goddamn holiday? They should. Have a corner of the store for every season. You got winter over here. You got spring in the back right. You got fall. And then just rotate it like a clock. You seem very upset with how How often do you go to Hobby Lobby? 
Are you? A, do you have a card? Do you have a membership? Card? I got boots on the ground. <laughs> I got boots on the ground. No, I do not have a membership to Hobby Lobby. Hey man, you do they even have those? Everywhere you go, they have a card to save you twelve cents. We're thirty-five uh, minutes, and this is the most random tangent I've ever was every, not expecting on this. Every business now, every store has a card where you, they are compile all, I don't your, know if they have all a card. of your information <laughs> to sell you more stuff. They all have it now. <laughs> it's it's all in the chip and the vaccine, man. That's all it is. Hey. Oh, you're in Hobby Lobby today? Here's some Christmas shit, even though it's September, man. That's, that that's how they're going to get you. We know, you're, we know you're Christian. Hey, as long as we can put in to those chips, listen to the hard-headed podcast, I think... I, I would be all for it. I would absolutely be all for it. There you go. All right, marching down here. It's the bottom of the second. The Sox have a two nothing lead. There we go. Let's go. Let's uh, let's get four more runs. But uh, so uh, where is our show? Like, what's the total pot of? We're our at like eighty five bucks right now. Wow. Yeah. Uh, eighty five right. bucks. So uh, can I apply that to my postseason invoice, Jason? The Chicago White Sox. You you can if you include me on your season tickets for next year that I've been asking you for the last three years to up it to forty games. It's even though of, you it's only a lot go of ball games. Even though you go to about twelve of the twenty that you you know sign up. How for. many did I? I think I did. Oh, fifth. Well, I went. I did two road. I went to Tampa. That doesn't count in season no, tickets. No, I know, Mike. I know, I know, I know. So I'm trying to think of the total. So I think. 13 total in Chicago. Where'd you go on the road this year? Uh, Miller Park, just like you. I think yep. we discussed that mm-hmm. on the last podcast. And then went to uh, Tampa Bay to see the Sox sleepwalk through a Sunday afternoon game against the Tampa Bay Rays. We, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll, we'll save that for a little bit here. But back to the season tickets and you amount of games you go the, this year. I believe uh, it has to be between 12 and 15. Okay, that's not bad. That is not bad. And you haven't asked me once of the other five games if I wanted the tickets like you normally do. I put them up on StubHub, recoup recoup those. I think, didn't I offer you one of the games? Nope. You haven't even brought me to a goddamn game this year, Mike. Actually, this year, I would say, was the first year, the majority of the games, I went with uh, wife and kid. Or just me and the kid, or three of us. Does Mark still need a ticket now, or is he? Oh yeah, no, no, no. He, he needs, he a, needs ticket? a ticket. Yeah. I, you know, we can try and carry him in, but the problem now is it's it's hard. You can probably get away with that. Well, they don't even have the, uh, they don't have the turn thing. The what I'm turnstiles or no? You know, because technically wasn't the rule like if the kid can walk under the turnstile. Yeah, no. So they don't even have that. They anymore. don't have that anymore. Um, and right now it would just be too difficult to even do that because, you know, all the seats are taken. You know, it's not like there's 11,000 people there now where you're going to have a whole row <laughs> to yourself. There's other paying customers. Where's now Mark? He's, he's three yeah. sections he's over. In, it doesn't matter. He's in the 500 level. <laughs> he's in the fundamental. Yeah. yeah, it don't matter. So, yeah, there's now there's paying customers that, that need to sit in those seats. There's paying patrons that like to have fights out in left field. So Yeah, what, what's with that? Why is this happening? Because you... you, why, t- do you why do the plebes... <laughs> because you take people and you put them in homes for the last, you know, 16 months. Yeah, I and don't then, know about that. I don't know either. This is my only guess. People forgot how to act around each other. And what people think is like, it's me, 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 me. 
You know, I gotta get mine. Who gives a shit about thy neighbor? And we don't have any empathy for each other right now. And I think our society severely lacks it. And we don't know how to act around each other. And I think that's th- too deep for drunks at a baseball game. Probably. Eh, well, it's not. It's it's probably too deep, but it probably stems from the same mentality. Why is there a uh, a Karen bitching about some bullshit at a grocery store? It's just somebody at a grocery store. It's just people don't know how to act around each other anymore. I th- <laughs> tune into uh, Jesus <laughs> podcast number four where we <laughs> conduct therapy. Yeah. I well, just, the, I, the grocery store is a very stressful experience, as we discussed the other week, where I, I suppose I apparently have to bag my own groceries, too, now. <laughs> have you tried it? I, you know what? I put, so so <laughs> the other day, Is Every time put, I go to the grocery store and I see a Mariano's employee picking groceries or pulling it out to somebody's car, all I can think about is you. I don't ask people to pull it to my car. No, but you hate people that... Won't go and get their own groceries. You were complaining about that, and well, now no, I was I was on the curbside pickup thing that 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 needs to end. That's what but I'm saying. The, but somebody the, picking groceries in the aisle for a pickup, yeah, that's and then obnoxious. bringing it out yeah, to yeah, their yeah, car. That's that's obnoxious. But you did not like that I, when there's only a cashier and not the double cashier bagger, yeah. Yeah. I do not bag my groceries. You don't. The other day. I actually put some bread in a bag, so you should be very proud of me. I am. It's a small step for Mike Harden <laughs> in his life of helping cashiers. I, what? It's, I don't work there. Neither neither do I, but, like, let's move along. Let's get the day going, you know? It's just like... It, but don't you think they're appreciative that, that they're... We, we don't need to rehash this again, because I don't think we're going to break any new ground on this. No. But don't you think, I think that if by not doing it, by causing the backup at the line, the, the management will see the error in their scheduling and know that, okay, we need to staff this better. No. And no. give you, them the double, the double support with the cashier, bagger, combination, the tag team, the dream team. Mike, I don't know if you've noticed, there's a labor shortage in the I'm, entire I'm country aware. right now. I am fully So aware nobody's manager or higher-up CEOs give a shit if there's no groceries being bagged. I, they should. They should, but they're not. I will find another grocery store. <laughs> yeah, and they're not. Of ba- the same chain, so it doesn't matter They're anyway. not bagging groceries there either. <laughs> so moving on and getting back to this 2021 uh, White Sox team, let's just give uh, the State of the Union. Where do you think, okay. how do you feel, what do you think, how do you feel about this team sitting here on September 17th, 2021, with the magic number of seven? Do you feel confident going into the playoffs? Do you feel worried? Do you feel stressed the fuck out? Do you feel, uh, you know, you don't know how to feel? <laughs> well, doctor. Um, so I will say it's, this. It's uh, Dr. Head. Yeah. Um, I will say this. I am very appreciative that the Sox are not in a division race right now. Okay. I, I am very thankful that we are not scoreboard watching a game up, game out, doing this toward the end of the year. Uh, I like, I, I enjoy the coasting part of it. Speaking uh, of scoreboard watching, it is 2 nothing Yankees in the top of the seventh. And there you go. 
So I, I, am enjoying the, the, the ride. I, this year I, I've said, I I'm enjoying the ride. I'm not trying to get overly emotional after wins and losses, especially the losses. I think there's been only a couple losses this year that I've needed the five to 10 minute. Don't talk to me after the game, which more very recently that game against the Red Sox last Saturday, where they came back from a big deficit. Then they went ahead and then they blew the game and the extra innings. That was one where I needed my, I needed like the 10 minutes to cool off after that. They were losing seven to two. Yeah. Came back, got the lead eight to seven. They gave up the lead eight to eight and then they lost at 98. Yeah. And I don't know. It's something about the Red Sox that I just don't like losing to that team. I don't like playing, going to the games where they're playing them because the fans are jagoffs. You know, can I just do a little tie in? Your San Francisco, you know, your San Francisco is the Boston Red Sox. You hate Boston and you hate the no, Red Sox. I don't Sox. hate Boston. You absolutely do hate Boston. I don't like their fan base. You don't like whenever a movie ties in Fenway or Boston into yeah, right. It has nothing to do with anything. That's why. You hate the, it does with the town. We My San Francisco your your my San Francisco is your Boston. Yeah, maybe. All right. Well, that's yeah, podcast yeah, number man, four. Yeah, we can, yeah. <laughs> but um, so, I just, I'm, you're throwing shit on me for San yeah, Francisco. That, that could be. You're, yours I is Boston. A, I, don't, I have an irrational hate for the, the, <coughs> the Red Sox, and a lot of that's due to the fans, and I think the fan thing. Because you respect the Yankees fan base and the Yankees organization more. I remember having this discussion with you. Because I'm a Red Sox guy, you're a Yankee guy. Well, I'm not a Yankee guy. I'm just saying I, on that side. If they're in the playoffs, I root for the Yankees, and I oh, root for the Red 100%. Sox. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Hey, tangents, man. It's the eight. This is the hard-headed podcast, aka tangents. Yes. So. Um. So yeah, that Red. Don't Sox talk game. to you for the Red Sox game. You know, nine eight, they blew the lead. Yeah, no, and I shouldn't have because they had such a big lead. It, it, it a loss at that point was you know kind of whatever. But um, very few games where I've gotten like to that angry, um, they lost, so I'm mad there. You know, there's certain, I still think that they're a sloppy team. I think we were talking about this the last time. That really hasn't changed, and it seems like it's getting a little worse, I would say. Um, I, don't th- I don't fret about the offense that much. I know it's a little inconsistent. They score 10, then they score 2. Or zero. Or, right. So, I, but that I'm not totally. If they're going into the playoffs healthy and intact, I think they have just as good of a chance as any other team in the American League. I don't think that they're the worst of the playoff teams going in. I certainly don't think they're the best of the of the crop. Um, I think they could beat any of those teams if they if if it can. It wouldn't surprise me if they beat. All those teams. It really wouldn't. It also wouldn't surprise me if they lost any of those teams, though. No, no. I, I think, I'm I think they're like that's... all evenly. I think they all have their – I think they all match up evenly against each other. I know the Rays are far and above record-wise everybody else. But I think the White Sox do the best against the Rays. Well, they were 3-3 three and three against them. I okay. Yeah. So, and then they're what, like 2-4 and four against the Astros? Better at home against the Astros. They were two and five against the Astros. It was a four-game sweep, and then they and then took two, two out of three. At okay. Home. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so let me ask you because I think it was either podcast. I think it was podcast two. You said Astros. You fear the most. 
Uh, I just think because there's something you, about that ballpark that I think might be a problem for them. Uh, that offense is not in 2005. Yeah, I mean that offense isn't gonna stop. I mean they'll they'll kill you, then they go to work on you. Well, I mean is you it, know <laughs> when they bang on trash cans, you know. Right. Well, there's that. Um, I think the Astros have the total the total package, offense and pitching and, and smarts. Okay. Um, it, however, though, going that's who they're most likely going to face in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Going into it, I don't, I would, I don't think that it's a lost cause. I, I really, I really don't think it would be a lost cause. So this is where my problem stems from. Um, you know, you talked about enjoying the ride, enjoying the wins, and I, you couldn't put, you couldn't have said it better. Like I feel like, um, I feel like I'm on a, on, a, on an awesome roller coaster. And I feel like I haven't gotten off, and I've gone around the roller coaster maybe like 20 times. And I'm at the point now where it's like either I got to get off the roller coaster or like let's speed the fuck up. And it's like I feel like we're just coasting almost between 20, 18 to 22 games above 500. And that's still damn good. That's still <laughs> damn good. But like I remember like in 05, it was like 35. And like even Ozzy made the comment, it was like, yeah, great. We're at 30. We're at 35. Let's get to 50. And it's just like that mentality of like pedal to the metal. Let's be the best. Just like wire to wire. You know, it's just like, great. I get like resting guys and I get like, you know, making sure everyone's healthy. But like the thing that I fear the most is like, are we going to be able to beat, you know, if we're all healthy in the playoffs, are they going to be able to flip that switch? You know, have the Sox proven that they can just turn it on when everybody's in the lineup? Because, I mean, how many games have they played with everybody in the lineup this year? They they have turned it on more when everybody's not in the lineup. Yeah, well, in, I think, what, there's only <laughs> been six games this year where they've had, like, their full, what what people would consider their regular lineup. Um, and that, that's looked damn good when it does happen. Um, but flipping the switch, no, they don't have the, that benefit because they haven't done it yet. They don't have the credibility. They, they, they didn't do it last year when they needed to close out the year to win that division. They lost the division by one game last year. Uh, this year they're just kind of trudging along to the end. And I think even as fans, I, I think some of the – the diehards like us were we're just kind of waiting for them to clinch the division, and that's that's probably what the team is doing. They're just like, yeah, we know this is going to happen at some point. It seems like they're just letting Cleveland lose rather than them taking it and getting it over with. Because getting it over with, I mean, then they could rest all the all the hell they want for the last week week and a half. I was pretty stunned the other day when I heard San Francisco clinched. I'm like, whoa. You know, like, I always thought our match... Well, yeah, the Clint's uh, playoff spot. Gotcha, okay. Yeah. I mean, like, I saw that, you know, like, we were pretty close, and I was like, whoa, all right, man. Like, we're, we're not that Well, close. they also have, like, 96 wins or something like that. So, that that would do it. That'll do that it. That will do it. That, but, see, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, that's when you're just, you're flirting between 18 and 22 games the whole year, and it's just like, I feel like, I'm just hoping this team doesn't get complacent and put too much on, like, yeah... As long as everybody's healthy in the playoffs, we can flip that switch. You know, because the thing that scares me, even if everybody's healthy, I almost feel like this team could be like, uh, you know, is almost like could either be like a one for four or like a three for four at plate appearance. Like you could get like 
two or three great appearances by Liam Hendricks, and then like that fourth one, boom, he gives up the lead. Or Michael yeah. Kopech, even my guy, like you know, he'll have three great appearances, and then boom, he'll give up the he'll give up the lead, and it's just like. We have not had a hot stretch of like seven to 12 games or even like, you know, an eight out of nine stretch or something. It starts today, Jason. It starts today. Is there even that many games left? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, no, but that's the other thing that we're like worries me is that, you know, they always say you kind of want to be a little bit hot going into the playoffs. Not even hot. You don't have to win, but playing good baseball. Is this team playing playoff baseball right now? No, God, no. And we're only, you know, two weeks from the playoffs. Well, in those two weeks, your your dreams can't come true, Jason. Or my dreams can get crushed and we can win, lose three three in a row. Who's who's your star, Who's the top three starters right now? Who's your starting your one, two, three? I go. If if you're playing at Houston in Houston, or I'm sorry, versus Houston in Houston. Uh, well, that's what it's looking like. So it's going to be Lynn Rodon Giolito. Lynn Rodon Giolito. Okay. And then who's your game four if there's got to be a game four? Your favorite? It had to be Dylan Cease. The guy that sucks, according to Mike. I, he doesn't suck. I just I, I have reservations. Okay. It had to be Cease probably on a quick. You know, all I would need from him is five innings in that game, at least. And then, uh, you know, you can turn it over to maybe to Keuchel or, or Kopech. Does Dallas Keuchel make the playoff roster? Yeah, he will. He will. Whew. They're going to need someone if someone gets blown out of the of a, early out of a game. They're going to need someone to come in. Who's getting blown out? Lucas Giolito? It could be it could be Lance Lance Lynn never pitched well against the Astros. You know what I fear? I fear that like the Sox are gonna get blown out in the clinching game and Dallas Keiko's gonna come in and that's the memory of the twenty twenty one season is Dallas Keiko probably pitching phenomenal in a blowout game where we get clinched on. God damn. I'm just <laughs> saying, you know, I'm I'm rolling out my skeletons tonight to be prepared for our next podcast, hopefully maybe the first round of the playoffs, and I'll be a lot more optimistic. You know, I'm just saying I wish they were playing a little bit more better baseball. And like I said, it doesn't have to be winning baseball. Just consistent, good playoff baseball. You know, let's let's not make throwing errors to first base. Let's make – let's not wait around for the home run. Well, that's what they're built to do. Well, you know, and that's – it's home run or bust. Like every baseball team in this league. You know, it's just it's it's not I I I don't feel confident. I feel reserved. I think reserved is a good is a good feeling heading into it. I don't think people should I I, I don't understand if people think that they're going to win the World Series. I think there's too much that they need to clean up. However, I don't think that they're a team that is hopeless so, or a team that you should expect to be one and done. So, um, I, you know, I think it should, it's, it'll be fun. I'm just happy that they're going to be there, that uh, we'll be able to go, um, and just we'll see what happens. So let me ask you this. You said that you'll be happy they're in the playoffs. 
I will be disappointed if they don't get out of the first round. Okay. Regardless if if the thought is that they're playing a better team. I would no matter who they play, I would be disappointed if they didn't get out of the first round. So okay, because I was gonna like let's say it goes to like the clinching game, you know, they you know had bad bounces, they gave a good fight, they should have won it. My only thing is like if if it was a repeat from last year. You know, just like like a 08, speaking of 08, you know, like we win one game, never had a shot. We got lucky with one win. I okay, just go out with a clunker. Yeah, that would, like I said, expect, I would be very disappointed if they didn't get out of the first round. I think they're better. I think they're good enough to beat any of those teams in the first round. So your, whole, your, your standard minimum is championship series. Yes. Get to the championship yes. series. Now, even if they lost with that, I would, you know, I wouldn't be happy if they lost, but I, I would find that more acceptable. The season's not a failure. It's not a fa- I think it's a failure. The season, that's a good way to put it. To me, the season is a failure if you don't get out of the first round. Absolutely. Absolutely. You've already, you've already accomplished the goal of winning the division, which a lot of people thought wasn't going to be possible this year because you had two of your stars were were hurt most of the year and people thought the twins were going to still be a force to be reckoned with so you you overcome both those things because the twins were god awful didn't feel like like they were interested in playing baseball even the Sox don't even look like they're interested in playing right now but you got over all these injuries i i just i i you know I, I, I would just be disappointed without uh, celebrating at least once after a playoff. S- speaking of uh, one of your stars, you know, going down, um, did you see the Eloy play the other night? I, I didn't see it when it happened. I saw it afterwards. I like that he kind of trolled everyone and stayed on the ground and then thinking that he was hurt again, but then he just put up the peace sign. Uh, that's one of those um, things where, as he runs back in the dugout, Larusa just has to say, "Nice catch, Eloy. Don't ever fucking do it again." Exactly. That you know. Exactly. That's, that's kind of what Next I. Next time feel you hit it. the ball in the air, you owe me ten push-ups. <laughs> yeah, because even if they hit a home run in that spot, who cares? Who cares if they hit a home run? You were up what nine to three or something there. Who cares? Dynamite dropping, Marty. That broadcast in yeah. school's really paid off. Yeah, no, who? <laughs> like, if I was Rick Khan, I marched down there and I crossed Aloy's name off the lineup card the next day for that. You know why? Or I put him as DH. Because this guy here is dead. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, nice play, Aloy. Great. Don't ever Just don't fucking, do it again. Don't ever and what was with all the players like hanging on the fence and cheering them on and Woo Yeah, yeah Get hurt! Get yeah, hurt! Yeah. You know, I, I I didn't get that. Like why are we encouraging this? Right, why right. are we encouraging the Eloy um the Eloy, you know, cri- the clown act. The clown yeah, the act. clown act. That's a perfect way to put it. Like why like just hit bombs. That's all. And catch the ball. Carlos right. Lee style. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Carlos Lee wasn't a good fielder. He, he didn't get hurt. 
He had a 20 game hitting streak. Just hit bombs. Right. That's all you got to do. That's all we want you to do, boy. I like, hi, mom. Cool. But, like, no, we don't have to, like, dive We're not into the netting. asking you to catch, uh, bring a home run. We don't have to dive into the netting. We don't have to play dead like possum. Okay. I mean, I get enough of that from Yohan when he fouls the ball off his foot, you know. But, like, we don't need all, we don't need the whole team to be prima donnas. Okay. Just hit bombs. Yeah. And a lot of them against the Cubs. It's all you got to do. And hopefully a couple in the playoffs. I would rather have them in the playoffs than against the Cubs. Me too. 100% agree that that's the most important thing. But another fear of mine about, you know, history with clinching division championships is the 2000 team. You know, great going up against the Mariners. And that offense just went. Went kaput. Yeah. And you got Frank Thomas at first base diving around like a fish, <laughs> you know? And it's just like, like, I just hope. Well, so that I believe didn't game one, they scored five runs. I want to say that series they lost in extras, right? They did. They lost in extras. I believe a blown save. Keith Folk. Yes. I want to say a blown save in game one. They lost seven to five in extras there. Uh, and then, yeah, those last two games were were a whole lot of nothing. Seattle Mariners won seven to four in ten innings. Seven to four, right? And then uh, in the third game, uh, Seattle won five to two. That's two is not enough. And then uh, October sixth in Seattle, Seattle won two to one. One is not enough. I so I remember the only thing I remember about that playoff series is rushing home from school yep. after game three or during game three to watch game one. whatever left of it was. And I got home an, enough uh, in a, for in enough time to watch Carlos Guillen uh, get the suicide squeeze down that the Mariners then walked it off. Wasn't that past Frank, though, playing first? Yes. Yes, it was. It, like went past him or something. Like, he dove for it and went past him. Yeah, something like but that's that. That's how yeah. I remember it. It's like, that was game three, and, like, they did the suicide squeeze, and, like, he put it down, and, like, F- Frank flopped like a fish, and, like, yeah, that's how the game ended. And I'm just sitting there, and he's like, I remember, oh, no, that's not when he had his bum ankle yet, right? That was 2003 when David Wells was all over his ass. That was 01. Oh, I'm sorry, 01. It was, the next, it was yeah. the next year. Okay, my bad. Um, but, yeah. You know, it was just like – Keith Folk, by the way, did have the loss on that first game, so he did blow the save. But, yeah, I mean, like the offense went went silent there. So that's all I'm saying is like there's this month – like they don't have a do, – do they have a winning record since the All-Star break? They are, I believe, two games, two games above over 500. 500. That's what I thought. So it's like – Let's go to let's go to Gary, Indiana, man, and play some freaking craps because that's what this team is right now. Yeah, I wouldn't say they're crap. I would just say they, no, no, no. They I just said, seem un, they just seem uninspired. Let's play they, some craps. I said because oh. you don't know what you're gonna get at the craps table. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, the Sox they just kind of seem very blah. <laughs> Doran, don't give me this whole label shit. Yeah. yeah they just. I would be interested to see once this whole thing is said and done, the, the division championship intact, you know, how, how they play after that. So let me let me ask you a little question here. With the, the schedule coming up, where do you predict them clinching or 
Indians losing and them clinching. Well, I'll tell you this. It better be in Detroit because if they have not done it by the time they get to Cleveland, I don't want to go. I understand. Oh, so they won't clinch it at home then. Is that how the road? Oh, boy, yeah. So, oh, boy, if, if they clinch it at, if they had to clinch it at home, then something went really wrong, Jason. Okay, because. so they're at Texas. I didn't realize that. Okay, so they're at Texas. They have five. In wow, Cleveland. so they only have two more home games for the year. No, they have, they have two against Cincinnati and three against Detroit. Oh, I didn't realize the season. Season goes all the way. You're guaranteed October baseball. Uh, <laughs> is it going to be snowing in the World Series? Um, I didn't realize that. Okay, so yeah, they will not clinch it at home then. <laughs> and if they, they do, they, they do, then things get very uncomfortable the, over it, these next week. If, over this if, next if, week. If they have to clinch, <laughs> they have to clinch the title at home. The things fourth, went wrong. The fourth podcast will be a shit show. Yeah, no. I if if that happens, then oh boy. <laughs> Oh boy. Who's getting fired? Yeah. <laughs> no, so it would <clears throat> I would imagine it's gonna be in Detroit again. <clears throat> um I swear, if it's again, if it's at um next Wednesday at twelve o'clock, nah. I absolutely hate that would be an ultimate White Sox middle finger to everybody. So I for, a day game a Wednesday day game. So two thousand five on the road. It would be the ultimate middle finger to everyone. So 2005. <laughs> I hope they do it. I hope they do it. 2005 is a little bittersweet, bittersweet for me because, you know, 2005, they won, and won the World Series. Uh, but the clinching game for the division that year was during the day. Yeah. I was rushing home from school. But the cool thing about it being 2005 and them winning the World Series is that they clinched on my birthday that year. But, again, it was during the day, and I – it was an afternoon. Yeah, it was an afternoon, afternoon against Detroit. Yep. You know, so I mean, I hope they do it against Detroit and stomp on their field a little bit. You know, that would be nice to do. Maybe. Well, D- Detroit, they're, the Tigers are not pushovers, so they're gonna have their hands full. So it, ideally, they get this thing down uh, as much as they can in Texas, and so they can go into Detroit and only really need to win a game or something because the the Tigers they're not pushovers. They think. Uh, they're better than, you know, they really are, which actually they have been playing very well since uh, April. Uh, I know April they were really, really uh, struggling. But since April, I want to say they're over 500 since May. Our buddy, our correspondent, Boots on the Ground, Ken, believes <laughs> that he believed in July that the Tigers would overtake Cleveland for second place. That hasn't panned out as no, uh, as no, it hasn't. It hasn't, but you know, but he a lot of people like you're not you're not far off thinking that you know that the Tigers could be right there, or, you know, or an upcoming team, you know, in the in the yeah few they years. are. I think uh, you know they have the pitching. They certainly have the pitching. I think next year they should make another step. They have a good manager, um, a manager that should be on the Chicago White Sox right now. Well, you know, we can't all have everything. So did 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 you or I get anything we wanted this off season? Uh, nope, nope. We got you know. Well, I'm glad we didn't get the one that we wanted, or at least that I wanted. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad he, that he's not I, in baseball right I, now. Yeah, I'm glad because I would not want that distraction. Nope, nope. <laughs> and it's it's crazy that his teammates do not want his ass back. 
Yeah, so maybe, just maybe, the front offices know what they're doing. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Maybe collusion? Maybe. Maybe they knew about that? No, I'm sure I'm sure some teams did. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure yeah. some teams did. But um, you know, just still got a black hole in right field, you know, and we got a the manager that no one wanted. Yeah. And that's the one thing that scares me is that like I kind of like would love to go back and look at some of these St. Louis Cardinals teams and how they treat how Tony Larusa treated uh, created you know rest and and treated his players going into the playoffs because I mean like the famous Cardinal team that won the World Series with 83 wins that one year. So yeah, I think that one was skewed though because they had a rough September. I think they they. And they had some injuries that last month. I believe that that Cardinals team was kind of sailing toward, you know, a normal first place record. But they really they ran into some injuries in the last month of the season, and they they lost a lot of baseball games. But uh, much like this year's White Sox, that NL Central at the time was not anything special. So I mean, if you're winning it with 83 wins, and I 83, think still, I think they still won it handedly that year. Hey, maybe the Sox can win it with 83 wins. The Indians just have to lose seven in a row. Yeah, that would not be an ideal scenario because they have 83 wins right now. (laughs) Speaking of, you know, we'll take a a break here in a few minutes, but speaking of of boots on the ground and and uh, our buddy Ken, I I, I kind of want to give him a little shout out tonight because then I want to I wanted to kind of ask you this fun question. Uh, Ken right now is breaking his own personal record for tailgating at the Fighting Illini game. Okay. So he tailgate at he's a huge Fighting Illini alum and uh, fan. And uh, he starts every home tailgate at seven in the morning, no matter what time the game starts. So college football usually, you know, eleven, two o'clock, sometimes, you know, seven o'clock. You know, so that could go from four hours tailgate to six hours tailgate to 12-hour tailgate. Tonight's game is starting at 8 o'clock, and he's on a 13-hour tailgate. And I told him to text us later tonight to see what the state of Ken is yeah. for, for 13 hours of drinking. So shout-out to you, Ken, for breaking your personal fighting Illini. I think we should get him on the – we should have a live call. We should, we, should, we should have called him tonight. <laughs> Although this is how the game started. Yeah, the game wow. started 28 minutes ago. But um, – I just kind of wanted to throw this out, and we'll we'll end this uh, we'll end this segment with this. What is one your favorite tailgate sporting event style? Second favorite tailgate cookout food, and then your favorite tailgate like you know just game off in the distance. You know, bags, golf, quarters, <laughs> so flippy I'm gonna, cup. I'm gonna piss you off on this one because here we go. When no. when don't you? <laughs> Did you get my um, text from the uh, what's the plan for the bachelor party yet? I don't know if you, you haven't responded to that. No, I don't think I have. Okay. Um, Asshole. <laughs> so, no, so I have not ever hosted a tailgate. Okay. I have not ever hosted one. So I have been to plenty of them. Because you haven't have, texted anyone back. Right. So, <laughs> you um, can't plan shit with Mike. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I've only attended them and I've only attended them at baseball games. Okay. At the Sox Park. Okay. I, uh, Bears uh, always have just gone straight in. Uh, you don't really do that at the United Center. Um, college football, I have done college football tailgates, but nothing to the extent of a traditional or 
you know, college tailgate. I probably just walked up to people's and had a couple beers and then Let's walked into the, the game. game. Right. So, you know, I, I have some friends that um, used to do Sox tailgates every single game. Okay. And I'm talking, like, Wednesday night May games. I'm talking, you know, Saturday night July games. I'm talking September – Thursday, Friday night games when they're 30 games out of first. So they would do it every, no matter what. So, you know, based on, you know, the day of the week, how the team is doing would be, would kind of be dependent on how big that they are. So, um, you know, I, so that's really kind of all I really know with the tailgate scene. Um, I, you know, the bags are, are, are a classic game. Right. Um, you know, I remember. I think some people like to leave like beer cans that, that with the, that the, where they would park. People would like leave beer cans in the tree and see how long they would stay there. <laughs> okay, um, never heard of that, that before. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of a stupid thing that people do. Um, but in terms of food, you know, the, the usual stuff: hot dogs, burgers, right. sausages, stuff right. like that. At times, we've ordered pizzas and had them delivered there you over. Go. There you go. Um, at times people would bring like if it was a big one you know people would bring big steaks you know big cuts of, of beef to, to cook up but um for the most part they're they're pretty standard i don't ever get to games actually you know so early where right. i do a long tailgate and, and and if it is it's usually just to yaki dock and before a game i i don't really treat tailgates as like a huge food fest right. they're more just talking and drinking right Right. I'll say uh, my I've tailgated at the Sox games a few times. Uh, my biggest, though, was tailgating in college for the uh, the NIU uh, football team. And uh, all I remember that, man, is a bunch of flippy cup, a bunch of troughs for the we, yeah. we need to finish this beer. We're not hauling this back to the house. Mm. <laughs> um, no food. Nobody was grilling there. Uh, but yeah, flippy cup, man. You know. And so my my thing too about tailgates, people get so hammered during them. But some I people don't, don't make it into the, the game. game. How how is it enjoyable if you can't even go into the game? It's like not the, the tickets, no matter what they are, college sports, professional sports, they're they're goddamn expensive. No matter what, especially with football, like if you go to a Bears game. But now when you're well, you, okay for pros, but for yeah. students it was nice because like all you had to do is show your ID. Okay, I didn't go to a real college. So. <laughs> hey man, college, you got a diploma, right? You went to a college. I did, I did, but it wasn't a real school. It's college, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, uh, well, you didn't go to college with a sports team. Well, we had a baseball team. Okay. The mascot was like a had a beanie, a cigarette, and a dicky. You know, and you know, hey, the the, the the baseball team. You know, I went to an art school, so okay. You know, we did not have. Was sports. Hank Azaria doing the uh, broadcasting <laughs> for that, that baseball team? Um, yeah, no, I went to. So yeah, we did not have. Okay, sports. okay, but yeah, no, there there was a lot of times where for my college, you know, I would, especially if the game was on TV, you know, because like the nice thing about NAU. Honestly, would we would get like the Tuesday or the Wednesday night games, like the middle of the week college games, and we would tailgate there. And then like, I'd be like, "Well, it's in the middle of November. It's Tuesday, and it's freezing." I'm like, "I'm gonna go drink for free. I'll go back to my place where it's cozy and watch it on TV." Well, right, right. So it's yeah. like I, I, the only times I really went into the game was like, 
it was more like when my uncle came down and you know it was warmer out like but as a as a fraternity no i we went and drank at the at the tailgate and then we went back to the house so and that's where the fun is that's where the fun is man and that's <laughs> that's where the stories stay and and die so but uh not for the podcast though not for the podcast man we leave that off the record but uh I think we're going to take a little bit of a break right here, and the Sox are in the top of the fourth with a man on uh, second, leading 2 nothing, and uh, we will come back with, with more to come. With more to come. We'll be right back. Short break. All right, everyone. We are back here on the Hard-Headed Podcast. So we left you in the top of the fourth inning with a 2 to nothing White Sox lead. Uh, and this game has kind of really come to a crawl here. We are in the bottom of the fourth inning. Uh, but good news, the Sox have a 7 nothing lead. They really broke this one open in their half of the fourth. Uh, during that time, the Cleveland Indians lost uh, their game. So the Sox magic number has gone, gone down to 6. And with a win tonight, it will go down to five. So the Indians lost eight nothing late. Uh, late four runs in the seventh and the two in the eighth in that game, and they, they Yankees blew it open. So. All right. Well, well, Jason, do you feel bad for bad teams? No. Nope. Like, like this, like the like these poor Rangers. Because I mean, I'll tell you what, they're they're barreling toward a hundred losses. Nobody gave Sox a shit about the White kicking Sox. Kicking the shit out of them tonight. Nobody gave a shit. Ba- do you no. feel bad for these guys? Nope. Nobody, nobody <laughs> felt bad about us when. That's true. When we lost 99. Uh, you know, games. 2016, 2015, 2000. Yeah. Very true. 17. Very true. No, no, I don't. So, so uh, with the with the White Sox scoring seven here, we won our show bet, Mike. We are three for three. Wow. Cheers so, to that. Let's so, pour one out. So, how much can people rob us for now total? Like, what can we get Billy Club for? We will be over at triple digits in, wow. our, in our bank account tonight. There you so, go. So uh, I meant to do this at the beginning of the podcast, Mike, mm. but I just wanted to let our viewers know that the Viewers? Mo- no one can see I'm us. sorry, not our viewers. <laughs> well, hopefully maybe we have a... YouTube channel. Hey, there you go. That's awesome. God, no one wants to. We we have faces for radio. But uh, hopefully our listeners, I want to inform them that the most eligible White Sox Bachelor fan is officially off the market. (laughs) And congratulations to you and Claudia on your wedding, your awesome reception, and it was a great time. And I just wanted to say I wanted to wish you guys happiness. Aw, thank you. That's sweet. And I personally owe you when I get married, if that day ever happens, and you know you will be standing up in my wedding, that I personally owe you to get you blackout drunk so I n- you never remember it as I did at your bachelor party. <laughs> that is a well, promise and uh, a goal of mine, but I absolutely wish you and Claudia the best, and congratulations, and finally you are off the market, and finally well, you got down on one knee. And finally, you found somebody to put up with your White Sox, yeah. Jimmy Fallon, Red Sox kind of style, yeah. White Sox fan. Well, so, I mean, let's let's be honest here. I've been off the market for about seven, seven you have. years now. You so. have, but it's not but, official until you until the ceremony yeah, happens. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, yeah, no, thank you. It was it was a nice it was a nice time. I think uh, we kind of how we uh, broke it off into a ceremony back in March and then the reception uh, just a couple weeks ago. I thought that was a nice move. 
seemed like everyone had a good time. Uh, food was great, man. Yeah, the yeah, food, no, it was. The food was, was great. Everything went off without a hitch. I think everyone had a good time. Everyone left healthy and fed. So nobody got yeah, sick. Thank so, you. No yeah. one. No yeah. one got sick. <laughs> so, but yeah, I. Uh, um, thank you. Have no recollection of what happened at your bachelor party, and uh, usually that is the uh, the job of the bachelor. Um, but I'm glad that I. Could, I was stone sober. I was. Uh, I'm glad that I could. Take that fall and that L for you, but um, just to let you know that's that's coming your way when uh, eventually if I, I ever please, get married and uh, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna. So my my that. goal is when I um, you know if I ever get married, my I kind of want to have a split bachelor party. So I want to do a weekend with a lot of people, like a lot of people, you know, people that you can't that you like can't have in the bridal party, but you want to you know include. Yeah, best guy friends and stuff. I want to do something like in Lake Geneva, or mm-hmm. we all rent a house or something, and and then uh, you know we, we get together on a, more of a chill weekend. But I definitely want to have maybe a, a smaller group of the bachelor party, or the I'm sorry, the the uh, the groomsmen party. And I'm willing to pay for your flight. Mark these words, podcast three. Oh, My man. this is a goal of mine, that I will pay for your hotel suite, and I will pay for. The flights out and home to Vegas. Wow. <clears throat> and that is going to be, um, you're going to be part of that. Well, you know? Why do you need to get married to do all that, Jason? <laughs> hey, man, I've been trying to take you to Vegas for two years now based on this great ceremony. And that will happen one day, too. Whenever you want it to, I owe you one of those, too. But uh, I just wanted, I meant to throw that out to you at the uh, beginning of this podcast. It was a great time. You know, the, uh, the Hardens really know how to throw a party. And, uh, you know, thank you to your dad and your and your brother for including me. And, uh, yeah, it's just a fun time. And I just want to say congrats. Oh, well, thank you. Thank so. you. I'm, we're, I'm glad you, your mom, your uncle came, and everyone else. So yep. thank you. It was a very good time. Uh, as we're watching this game here, you know, the Rangers are, are certainly struggling this year. There's a lot of people at that game. They seem to draw well. Uh, Jason, Texas, man. They yeah, don't believe in that, COVID. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not even going there. I'm just saying, you know, for – a team that's you know struggling oh. mightily this year. They COVID man, people are hungry for baseball, hungry yeah. to do something. So uh, you were hungry. You were hungry to do something out. You went to a concert. Tell us about a concert I, that you went. I to. went to my first indoor concert on uh, this past Monday, and uh, my first indoor concert since March of last or 2020. I literally went to a concert pretty much. Like the weekend before March 18th or whatever, before everything closed down. Okay. And uh, since then, I've been to one one concert that was outdoors. It was a drive-through in in yeah. uh, in June, you know. So that I didn't really find that as like back to normal. But yeah, my brother and I went up to uh, Milwaukee uh, this past Monday, and we saw Mark. I b- believe it's Mark Riblet or R- Riblet. I think it's Mark Riblet because he's from Canada. And uh, it was an indoor concert at the Paps Theater. Okay. And he's kind of a YouTube sensation. Oh, Jesus. And, uh, yeah, it was interesting. Very, very interesting. My brother knew more about him than I did. And uh, he's one of these guys that, like, kind of will play songs, play some heavy bass and a little bit of heavy dubstep, but then he will just randomly, like, stop and start talking to the crowd. He'll spray the crowd with champagne. Uh, I guess his thing is, you know, you're gonna love this. He comes out in a in a robe, 
and his okay. boxers. Okay. And then he ends up doing the show in just his boxers. But um, one of the most interesting, entertaining, out-of-the-box concerts I've ever been to, and I'm kind of glad that that was the first one that, uh, you know, was the first indoor mm-hmm. indoor show, and uh, yeah, it was good to feel it was good to be back, good to do an indoor concert. You know, definitely missing those. Um, I'm going out to Vegas in October with my brother. So was the show spaced out? Was it limited capacity, or was it just full on normal? It was definitely not spaced out. Cool thing was though, it was uh, vaccination required or negative test. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But the so. It's awesome that you brought this up because I was actually thinking about going to in our own city here at North Coast or the Arc Music Festival uh, down in Union Park, and I was reading Twitter that some of them were not they they were quote unquote uh, going to be <clears throat> checking vaccines cards or checking negative tests and they weren't. So it, either way, however you feel about it, you know. Um, I don't mind going. I'm vaccinated. I know you are. I don't mind going to any venue if they're not checking vaccines or if they are. The thing I do appreciate, though, if you if you say you're going to do it, I'm I'm actually very appreciative that they were forcefully doing it. You know, so like it made me a little feel a little extra safe. No biggie, though. But yeah, it was uh, it was um, it was indoors, not space. The only th- and then they were checking the vaccines, and then the only thing was that I w- maybe. My brother and I were kind of talking about this for crowd control because they had uh, they actually had three levels, and we weren't sure. We were asked if we wanted to party downstairs. We we're like, yeah, sure, party downstairs. It's the closest to the artist. They gave us a wristband. So like my brother and I were kind of wondering if that's COVID related crowd control or if it's just like fire safety crowd control. Nobody like too many people downstairs, not, you know, to space mm-hmm. it out. So. To answer your question, I'm not sure about that, but it was definitely not like, you know, this seat's taken or don't sit here. You know, this seat's closed. But, um, yeah, it was awesome to be, uh, it was awesome to be in a concert, hear some bass. Did you hear, did you have to wear, uh, one of those big space suits that they think people are going to, is the the new revolution of the future at concerts to wear these big puffy suits now? I didn't see him. I didn't see any of those. those? A lot of people in bathrobes though. A lot of people oh, in bathrooms. All right, all right. That is this dude's thing, you know. And we're not talking uh, ankle bathrobes. We're talking the mid-thigh silky bathrobe. Oh, it's a, it was an intimate concert. Though. Yeah, very intimate. He, uh, he got down and groovy on his, uh, his boxer briefs. So. Good for him. Mark Rebley. <laughs> Maybe I'll look this up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even if you don't like the music, it's just interesting. I would love to hear your little homework for Mike Harden. On podcast I'll, number I'll mark, four. I'll mark it Mark down. this down. But, yeah, it's it's good to be back for concerts. You know, uh, my brother and I are going out to Vegas um, in October. We're going to go see the Disco Biscuits uh, for three nights indoors. Indoors, that's at the Brooklyn Bowl. And then we're also going to see, technically, this. we're going to see them again in uh, Pelham, Tennessee in November. Technically, it's indoors, but it's also outdoors because it's inside the caverns at it's inside a cave but they have like outside uh air exhaustion um and you know that's in tennessee and it's in november so we're hoping that it's not too chilly but uh those will be my next shows that are that my next <laughs> you, shows that are lined you up. are road tripping hey man 
technically, uh, the Pelham, Tennessee one was supposed to be one of the shows or trips that I was supposed to go on last May 2020 that got canceled. Aww. Had three different Disco Biscuits trips uh, canceled because of COVID between April and May of 2020. We're supposed to go to Minneapolis, New Orleans, and Pelham, Tennessee. So... New Orleans and Minnesota got canceled. And we're getting back out there. We're getting back out there on the road, man. We're road tripping. We're roadies. So. Good. Do you have any concerts lined up? Uh, no. I There is a show I would like to see uh, in October. Uh, I just um, I just don't want to go because I don't know what the rules are going to be. I don't know what if the show will actually happen. It's in the city, so you never know. You know, it's so up and down what's going to be allowed, what's not going to be allowed, what's going to be open, what's not going to be open. So I'm not going to buy tickets to only not be able to go or concert gets postponed. So I can skip it. Just wait day of, man. Yeah, that could that could be. You know? that, yeah, that's a good idea. Day of, a couple days before. Just buy them on StubHub or yeah. if they're still available. That's a, that's a possibility. But, yeah, for now, you know, there's certainly shows next year that I um, want to see, but – you know, short term. No, it's just the baseball games right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, how about any superstitions at the ballpark? Going the same game. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't say they're superstitions. They're just more my habits. Traditions. I mean, obviously, I go in the same gate just because I have the same seats every year, or or for every game. So I'm going into the same gates all the time. Um, I generally always get a hot dog. After the first inning. Okay. Now I have a question. When do you get your first beer? <laughs> as soon as I walk in. <laughs> and when do we get our last beer? Last call. And how many do we get? At least two. That was a long time ago. So, no, I mean, I would say there's only probably two or two or three beers drank during the games now. But, yeah, I like to I grab a oh. beer as we walk in. Yeah, you're an older man now. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> God, that tolerance has been long yeah, shot down. Yeah, no, I grab one as I walk in and then get another one for the hot dog run and then another one, you know, a few innings later, and then that's usually it. Okay. This, the, the thing this year is the lines are so long, <laughs> which is a, a sign that there's a lot of people there, but the lines have been so long that it's just you're, you're going to spend a lot of time standing in line. Are they, now are the vendors back? They uh, so, according to a friend of mine that was at the game last weekend, the vendors are back now. Okay. The beer vendors are now walking around. Cash or no cash? I do not know. I would imagine it's it's card. That sucks. Yeah, that does suck. Because like yeah. I went to a game at Wrigley, uh, in the middle of June, and everything was card, and like you 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 know you're kind of like. You don't think twice about it because it's just like it's card and like I, I almost forgot to tip some people because yeah you know at the Sox Park they have the tip thing on there um, however it, it's it's hard to tell how to the first couple times you do it it's not very intuitive well the thing I don't like about any computerized tip thing is that it's like three or four selections are already um, percentageized out for you Right, you know, and well, I, yeah. I, I, and I'm not saying I'm a like a cheap tipper. I actually like always try to do custom and and do 25 percent. But it's oh, just like big spender. Yeah, big spender. And I also bag my own groceries, so I got two yeah, things yeah, up on your ass. Right, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't like how, like, I, I'm surprised. Like, if you're going to suggest tips, why not suggest more? And then if somebody well, it wants has to, to, it has to be reasonable or else you'll have a riot do, on your hands. Do, <laughs> or you just hit no tip or custom. Yeah, well. Like, why even offer 15% still? Like, is that a thing? Do people, I'm sorry, do, do yeah. people tip 15%? But yeah, but if you do, go to hell. Well, but you're also, do you tip 15% on a hot dog that they're just handing you? No. <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, you can make an argument that if you're just handing someone a hot here, dog, you don't need to tip here them we go. 25%. This is where we're going to get down the rabbit hole but right here. But would you normally tip if you had Please, cash? Mike, e- elaborate on your tipping procedures on when to tip and when not to tip do you tip for takeout oh this is a hot topic do you tip for takeout um okay no thank no no you. no no thank no. you I, i'm i'm answering your question <laughs> what kind of takeout is it a restaurant or is it like is it the type of takeout where you would you know go up and order your food and they make it for you and get it right away Give me both scenarios. So, okay. So take out at a restaurant where you would spend like an hour and a half there getting waited on. I tip at takeout because they put all that food. Do you in. tip the normal 20 to 25%? 20%. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because they like go through your bag and they make sure all your shit's together. And like, you know. Do they? Well, no, no. I mean, like sometimes I'll ask them like, you know, is, is, is it all there? They'll take it out for you. And yeah, sure. Like, but if oh, like. Well, if, if you're going to pull that move. Oh yeah, pawn it back on me, like I'm the asshole. But no, like if I uh, if I order takeout from a place where like, you know, it takes me five minutes to get my food when I normally order from there, no, like I don't like no. But like, it, I think it depends on like when you tip when you're normally there and tipping normally. If you're going to go pick up a pizza somewhere, are you tipping? Like when they just hand you the pizza, you're gonna do you tip, tip if you were sitting down eating at the restaurant there? Yeah, of course. Then you tip. For pickup. <laughs> For pickup. <laughs> Do you tip You're, on the delivery? Yeah, of course. Then what's the difference? Because I'm doing the work. They made the pizza. But you're paying for the pizza. <laughs> you're paying for the service. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't so here. So during the last. 18 months or whatever seems that this has never ended when Mike hasn't been tipping anybody. No, I, of course. So, uh, you know, when we would, when you could not go to restaurants and you had to do everything through takeout, of course you, you, you tip normal procedure on that. Of course you do. However, normal circumstance under normal circumstances, the, I would say for tipping on you go and go pick up a pizza. You don't need to. You don't need a tip. I'm sure it's appreciated. Of course, you want to throw a little extra in. That there's nothing wrong with that. But I don't think that should be a, a, an expectation. That hey, I'm here. To, I'm here for uh, Jason's pizza. Okay, fifteen bucks. Here you go. Okay, here's fifteen. Here you go. Thank you. All right, bye. There, you don't. I don't think there's fifteen dollars on a pizza. I'm just you're tipping just, 15 bucks on picking up a pizza. Yeah, I would be on your side, too. No, 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 no. 15 pizzas, $15. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. $15, sir. Okay. Here's $15. Okay, great. Thanks. Here's that. Have a nice day. You can't they throw a 20. What's five bucks to you? It's a 
Five bucks. That's five bucks. What do you think it's five bucks to that gentleman or, or miss? But they didn't do anything. They're just handing it to you. Mike, how did you start this discussion off? We're in the middle of a pandemic yes. where there's probably 60 million people out of work. They're, they're working. And they're probably over understaffed and yeah. they're making well, your well, goddamn yeah, pizza. Yeah, definitely. And you're and you're and you are tipping them like it's normal times. Normal I, times. No, I'm not saying that. I'm sorry, you're not even tipping them like it's normal times. I'm sorry, you're not tipping them like it is normal times. <laughs> okay? So they're understaffed. They're they probably got you your za on time when it was said it was gonna be delivered, and you can't throw them just one extra dollar? First of all, they don't allow... Here, cat. let me just throw out my favorite characteristic that I wish our society had a little bit more of, and I think I said this earlier in the podcast. How do you have a little empathy for the, uh, the takeout, man? I do. And if you were a takeout person, would you want a tip? I wouldn't or would you be okay? It. I would not expect it. But would you be appreciative of it? Well, sure, of course. Okay, so it's called pay it forward, man. You do something good... Hopefully something does good to you, you know. Hopefully you get seven bottles of wine extra at your wedding that you paid for that they weren't going to keep, you know. So it's all good karma, man. It's paying it forward. You do something good over here, hopefully something down the line happens good to you. Yeah. Fuck that. No, no, I'm just saying it's... it's I don't even know how we got on this at this point. <laughs> because you wanted to know if I tip for takeout. Oh. So I started this. You, you did. <laughs> Mike will want to add the, edit this I out think later. If you, no, I think if you have cash and you are getting All a right. couple bucks back, so if, you just say, okay, yeah, no. No, if the, if the pizza is $15 and you have a 20 and they give you five bucks That's back, a big tip for just handing you a box. So are you, if it gives you, okay, let me just throw this scenario out. Pizza is $15. You hand him a 20. He hands you a five back. What are you doing? I'm keeping the five. Jesus, Mike. In the middle of a pandemic? They're, yes. Wow. I'm glad you're dying on this hill. No. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. We, I have tipped for takeout at, a lot during the, the past 18 months and just on other times as well, especially places that we frequent a lot that we're regulars of. We, we have, you know, of course we do. So let me ask you this. You said that the $15 is to go for the pizza and the pizza in the box. Okay. No, 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 I said the, the – I'm sorry, was, the service. I'm just – No, 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 I'm just saying – I'm going off I'm going a scenario. You go in, they say, hey, we're, they're ringing you up. It's 15 bucks for the pizza. I, I get what you're saying. Here's my card. Swipe. Fi sign here. Signed. Back to you. Okay, so it's 15 bucks for the box, the service, the za. You're not giving any gratuity to the people that are working for that. Because you got to remember, it's either minimum wage or wait staff that are making below minimum wage. The wait staff doesn't serve you for takeout. They are serving you. They're giving you your pizza. That's not the wait staff. That probably is the wait staff. No, it's not. When it's closed and there's nobody in there to wait tables. You know it is or if it is or not. I'm talking about okay. I'm talking about like mid pandemic, last March and April when nobody was in restaurants, but you could still order takeout. It still wasn't the weights. Okay, let me ask you something. Let me just ask you this, okay? You go in... Okay, let's say this. Last April 2020. I'm, this is good, man. I don't care if you want to edit this out later. This is a good-hearted good, good -hearted, headed <laughs> argument right here. 
Last April, you go to a pizza restaurant. If you sat down and ordered a pizza, would you tip them? Of course. Okay, but since you couldn't do that, and we're and that person that you would probably tip lost their job or got furloughed, or maybe they were doing takeout to make ends meet so they could keep their job. Good karma, you or pay it forward. You couldn't tip them five during bucks. that time. Yeah, we. We definitely, or I, I can't, I don't want to throw the whole family down on this one. I <laughs> yeah, did. Yeah, you're dying yeah, on no, this no, 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 I am. No, no, I did. Yes, of Your course better I better half is far, I can, I know is far better at, <laughs> than no, you no, are. No, no, of course this. I did. Yes, I did. Okay, so now what are you talking about? Are you talking about when things are back to normal, no pandemic, you can sit there and eat and you just want to grab a quick za and you're not going to, you're going to gonna tip to pick that up i'm not sitting down i'm going i'm walking in the 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 carry out door saying my name they're handing it to me and i'm paying and i'm leaving i don't think that that for this for the people that pick up the phone i'm that's not a tipping that's not a that's not a part of tipping etiquette hey man it's surely appreciated it's it's not a it's not the norm I agree with you. It's not the norm. But what I'm saying, though, is is that I think the five dollars to that gentleman or miss goes a lot farther than what five dollars would go in your pocket. Sure. Okay. And that's that's all I'm saying is like, you know, that's how the the world should work a little bit more. You know, we should have more of a uh, we're all on the same team. You know, humanity and and, and community. <laughs> But fine, you want to die in the cell. It's all good. I'm not. I, I could. I could be told I'm wrong on that. No, no, no. I don't you have to be right on this one. You're no. It's all good. You're not the only one. I'm that a feels firm believer of of tipping in cash, at all possible. At all possible. Even if you're paying by card, I'm a firm believer of still tipping in cash. So let me ask you this though, because like. Because I think that's I think that's a that's a big move. Because I'll I'll throw this I'll throw this back. I at think me. the the staffs would prefer people tip 15% in cash than they would 20% on the car. So I'll throw this back at you. Um, and I have a question and I love that we went off on this because it's, it's kind of funny because going back to my scenario of like, you know, let's say you order three beers at a bar mm-hmm. for five bucks each and it's 15 bucks, two questions at you. The bartender gives you a five back and you kind of question yourself. Well, you know, I either tip him the five because he didn't give me five singles where I can maybe give him three or four mm-hmm. or. No, you leave the five. OK, Just you leave the five. OK, so that bring, you tip him on that drink. Now, if you pay cash, because obviously. With a oh, wait, are you talking all three beers? So they were fifteen dollars. I gave a twenty. He gave me a five back and I'm leaving. What do I do? I leave. I just leave the five. OK, you leave the five. Yeah. But I love when bartenders do that. They they give you a five. Well, it's a it's it's, it's, it's a bar, it's, it's a, a cal- bartender trick. Yeah, it's a calculator. So my next question is because obviously this is easy if you're doing an open tab, you just tip at the end. Right. But if you know you're paying cash for the entire night, do you tip on every single transaction or do you not tip at all and then the last beer you no, tip you like gotta, 25 you got to tip on every single one. Really? I yes. So what I like to do and this is probably only a head trick, but I like to order like two beers Two waters, you know, and that's probably like nine bucks, and throw like a twenty down. Oh, that's a power move. You're doing a power move. And then just tip on that, and then I don't. Yeah. Hold on. So okay. Then All I right. don't tip. No, no, no. Listen. Then I'll have three or four more transactions, and I don't tip on those. 
And then the last transaction, at like a concert, I'll order two waters for like five bucks. <laughs> you know, waters to go. Yeah. For five bucks, and then I'll I'll pay with a twenty. But what if it's not always the same person? No. The, Don't you want to establish I made, that like I make hey, sure, no, no, that, no. that wink wink. I make sure of that. Okay. I make sure right. I always order from the same person. Okay. So I because I know what I'm doing. I'm knowing like because that's why I'm saying you set it up at the beginning. Because like my big thing is is like every time I've done that. I order it for the two waters, and they give them to me free, and then I put a 20 down, and it's like, have a good night. Now, what about uh, an open bar event? I think you do the. I think you put the, the big money down on the first drink. That's my opinion there. You put the big money down on the, your first free one, or your second. You, you, you have a very – you need to establish that, that, you're, that you're tipping on the first two drinks. So it's, if you're not going to do it on the first one – you got to do it on the second one. I don't, think I, I don't think I tipped at your wedding. <laughs> I'm going to throw that out there. <laughs> I, I don't think I did. But I didn't drink that much. I think I had like two drinks because I was sick. But. No, yeah, I'm saying like open but bar I get what you're asking, or something. Yeah. Like the, that first that's, beer, that, you got to. That's a power move. You got to do a power move on that one too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, sure. for sure. Well, because you also need to cover for the people that aren't going to do it for the, for the duration of whatever event you are. Because there's a lot of people that go into those open bar things. Yeah, man, let's get hammered. Right, and and they're not going to tip. You you also have to carry that burden. You got to shoulder the load there for that. I I complete, and that's it's a good segue uh, to a thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, that I you know I'm like I mentioned earlier, being I'm, cheap, <laughs> <laughs> not being cheap. But I told you that um, you know uh, I'm going to Vegas in uh, October. And, you know, it's no secret to this podcast that I, I want to take you to Vegas someday for getting married. But um, I'll ask my question in a minute. But the open bar is uh, one thing on my, my bucket list to do in Vegas is the high roller Ferris wheel in Vegas. And, and a couple of the options, you could you could buy a ticket, you know, normal Ferris wheel ride. Or you can do a open bar for 30 minutes um, ticket, ticket ride. And... Two questions to you. Do you tip on that? And what, the ride? So, yeah, there's an open bar. There's an open bar on the Ferris wheel oh. ride. On the Ferris wheel ride in your own pod. Is, is there a bartender in there? I, I, somebody's got to be weird. serving the That's drinks. That's weird. <laughs> you, don't get, you don't just get a bottle of booze and go, yeah, here you go, guys. I would have to know the situation because... All right, so you, you get in the Ferris wheel pod, and I believe... Yeah. I believe that they have a bartender in there because it's each all, one. I see. That's what I'm guessing. I don't know if it's like they probably have like 50 pods, maybe like 30 of them have bars in them. I got to look more into it. I mean, I think you do, <laughs> but the pods are pretty big where like even if they did have a bar, it's like, you know, big enough where like the kids could be on one side or something. Okay. So, um, one, do you, how many drinks do you think you could on an open bar? Could you could you knock down on a thirty minute time limit? And do you tip? Do you tip on this? Yes, yes, you do. So you one hundred percent. And do you do the power move or at the last one? Uh, I think you got to do the power move so you can like get some heavy. If you, I don't think it matters. I think there. if you're going mixed drinks, though, I think you do the power move. So that you can get some heavy hitters on the on the on the mixed drinks. That's that's a, it's a strategy. That's I, a strategy. Mixed, Why? It's it's just a short amount of time for such a 
small, I don't know, a small event. Thing. Yeah, that I don't think it matters. I, I'm skeptical of the in-pod bartender, though. <laughs> I, I just can't picture this. I, I see, I've seen the Ferris wheel. I've never been on it. Can I give you a little, and our listeners, a little Vegas uh, trip or trip <laughs> trick? Never order mixed drinks from the casinos. Order wine. Well, I've broken that before. Order wine or beer because mixed drinks, the free drinks at a casino, they just water those down. You order a beer or wine, you're actually getting a glass of your alcohol. Look at look at fast fast Vegas Jason here. <laughs> I'm just it's a little little hack, you know, like oh casinos, we're gambling, let's get some free drinks. Vegas, baby, Vegas, and it's just like yeah, I'll take a Jack and Coke. Eh, Coke, a little bit of Jack. Yeah, but that's that's anywhere though. It's even at bars, dude. That, that I know that's at bars, but that's why you throw the power move down and you tip so that you get overserved, at you know overserved. I don't think. I don't think you're. If you chum it up with a good bartender and you throw a twenty down, you yeah. yeah. All right, I mean whatever. But I'm just saying at a casino with uh, with a waitress for free drinks. No, they're mixed drinks. They're not. They're not, they're not making good mixed drinks. You order a beer, you get a full beer. You order oh, yeah. a glass of wine, oh, yeah. that's yeah. what I'm saying. Little, little, little tips and tricks, man, with the, the hard-headed <laughs> podcast. But no, uh, what, are, what are three to five things you look forward to when you go to Vegas? Uh, we, I'm not a huge... Uh, so he starts it off by telling me what he doesn't like to do. No, I'm, I, it's pretty much the same thing every time. I mean, we're, we're there to simply gamble, um, go to very nice restaurants, um, and have a lot to drink. I mean, there's never really a show there that I want to see. We're, we don't go out there to time it with shows. If there's something there that's of interest. I mean, I've seen comedians there. We've, we've been to a couple of the... Um, Cirque du Soleil shows, but that's usually if something is of interest there, maybe if we have time to do it, but it's not something that is high on the list. It's really just fine. If we're there for three nights, we're going to three really nice restaurants, um, and the rest of the days are just spent, you know, walking around, gambling, and uh, and having a good time. There's no real, um, you know, I would say, spot to go we like to go to you know O'Shea's is a fun casino to go to haven't is uh, that the one that's uh in the in the link alleyway yeah so that used to be uh kind of a hellhole and it 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 was closed and then they reopened it inside that that link so if you i don't know if you've ever walked it from the strip down to the to the high roller Mm -hmm. but you know where the brooklyn bowl is yeah so that's where the biscuits are gonna be playing so um, um yeah, I mean, casino, just like to go in all the casinos and, and play in each one. See, that's, I mean, t- that's what I love, man. Just like, you know, you go play 20 bucks and get your free drink and then move on to the next one, just up and down the street. Yeah, I, we hadn't gone in a few years. and Top two, top two casinos. You know, the one that I seem to stay in the most is Paris. I think that's okay. probably the one that we've stayed in the most. They have the Eiffel Tower coming down into the casino. Yeah. With the lakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Venetian a lot. Okay. And the Palazzo a lot. Yep. Uh, so I would say those are the three uh, top places. Now, are those to casinos go. or hotels are just all together? 
all together. Yeah. So my the, the issue with the plots of Venetian is that it gets pricey to play at night. For sure. So, um, you know, but I don't think I think a, a lot of them now, the 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 table mins are are getting up there. Caesars is insane. Yeah, I I've never stayed at Caesars. Like I went to do the uh, the buffet at like ten o'clock on like a like a Thursday, and it was like twenty five dollars minimum for roulette. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a yeah that's. It's like lot. it's Thursday. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. uh, my my two favorite casinos is uh for for the uh, roulette is the Mirage, they got the glass dome that you could like looks right underneath it, and the Luxor is pretty cool, because the Luxor is the only for roulette at least. Is the only casino that I know. Usually, roulette, you uh, ten dollar minimum inside with the numbers, or ten dollar minimum on one thing on the outside. Luxor allows you to do ten dollar minimum the entire table. So you could do like eight on black and two on two numbers. Oh. Yeah. It was really it was really cool because like what I did was, I for uh, for my dog Biggie Smalls, his birthday is August second, so I would do like eight on on uh, black and then i would do two on on black too interesting because my dog is a black pug so make it work but um for uh yeah those are my two favorite casinos my food spot is the steakhouse at circus circus which you've never been no so what's your food spot you said three well they they uh we go we try to do something new every time so we don't hit like there's not one place that have you done spago no. At the the Bellagio Fountains, where you could overlook the Bellagio no. Fountains? Mm-mm. That's on the bucket list. No. Um, there, I mean, it's not, like, fancy or anything, but we've always gone to uh, Gordon Ramsay's Burger Place at Planet Hollywood. One of, like, eight Gordon Ramsay's restaurants in yeah. Vegas? <laughs> well, and he's opening one of those in Chicago, too, is soon. He? Okay. But the, the Burger Place is a, a nice afternoon, you know, snack uh, so we've always gone there. Okay. But other than that, dinner-wise, always something different. What is the? It's one? usually like one steak, one steakhouse, one you know something else, and then if we're the, if if we're there a third night, then you know who knows. But it's usually one nice big steak dinner, and then the other one is something else like Italian um, or something. What is the worst casino that you've been to in Vegas? Ah! Not stay, just you know walk through, gamble. I know my. I don't. I wouldn't say that I. There's places I don't like. I mean, I've found that I always lose money. Okay. In certain ones. I'm talking about atmosphere, though. Uh, the, you know, the, the, there's something with the Mirage that I don't okay. really enjoy, and I think because there was this one trip that we just spent way too much time in it, so I just was just got tired of it. So, um, but I would say. I don't have uh, like a real one that I don't want to deal with. I I know there's ones that I'm like oh, I never win any money that I don't want to go there. But you know, other than that, I I like going everywhere. If the Excalibur got demolished tomorrow, I would not cry. It's, it that's is on the strip, right? That's on the strip. You got Mandalay Bay, the Luxor, and then the Excalibur, and then New York, New York. Yeah, okay. The Excalibur is the. I mean, New York, New York's kind of shitty. No, actually, I like New York, New York. It's pretty cool. I mean, like it's. I mean, like the outside looks amazing with how the city is, and then the, the indoors. I mean, they look make it look like the streets in New York, and yeah. And then the casino has got the high ceilings and all like that. Like that's a big thing for me was the high ceilings. The uh, the Excalibur though. You go below street level for the casino, and it's just like, 
because it's like below street level, not great ventilation, clouds, just clouds of smoke. And it's oh, like one yeah. of the, one of the, um, the casinos still on the strip that does the, the coins. I don't know if they're doing it for COVID. This was back when, in 2018 when I went, but it's still doing uh, coins for slot machines. Mm. That one, that one can get demolished. Uh, I like uh, the Cromwell a lot, but that's one that I always lose money. Uh, it's right on the corner. Um, it's newer. It's right where that big the escalator goes up is, and then the bridge over. Um, There's a lot of bridges and escalators. Yeah, no, it's, I don't know. Mic. It's on the strip, but it's it's on the corner. It's right where um, I think the monorail is. Um, where the old Harris, I think it's by the old Harris. I don't know. It's on the corner somewhere. Is that, that would be down by Circus Circus? It might be across from Caesars. No, uh, across from Caesars is Flamingo and, uh... It's near the Flamingo. And Harris. It might be next oh, to the Oh, the Cromwell is, is on the, yeah, the Cromwell is on the corner. Yeah. Right across from Bally's. Sure. Yeah. Right, right. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Because it's, right. it's... It's it's Planet Hollywood, uh, Paris, Bally's, cross from uh, yeah, the Bellagio's, so, then the then the street, then the Cromwell, yeah. then the Flamingo, then Harris. Yeah, I like that one. Um, it's really small. I just never do well in there. <laughs> we are uh, we are currently in the bottom of the seventh here. The White Sox are leading eight nothing. And uh, hello, White Sox offense. Yeah, that and the Rangers are, you know, they're they're doing what I don't like is that they are putting they're putting together hits here. They got two on, nobody out here in the bottom of the seventh. The the bullpen is in, and they're just not throwing strikes. They're not getting outs. When you have a lead like this, just get people out. It's it just really annoys me when stop tinkering. Yeah, just get the out. Throw strikes, let them hit the ball and get them out, because uh, you know that's how eight nothing leads become eight to three. Then they come eight to five. Liam Hendrickson, yeah, Crimble wind up in the game. Come in and they're you know they're not throwing well, and then all of a sudden you're, you got a tie game. So, um, you know, but such is life in a baseball game. So you said earlier that you're. Your starting rotation is uh, Lynn, Rodon, and Giolito. The worst pitcher in baseball, <laughs> according to the commercial <laughs> that I think everyone is tired of. That commercial's got to go. Um, what do you do not to uh, you know give a little preview of our offseason podcast, but what do you do with Carlos Rodon this offseason? I say thank you, sir. Here's your World Series ring. And have, you let him go. Have a good career. Have a good career. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like it's it's funny, like reading and and watching White Sox Twitter and oh, how do how do they you know afford and and get Carlos Rodon on this roster? It's like you don't. He's not even on the roster right now. He he pitches once every two weeks. Yeah, you know, they he get he's gotten hurt a few times. His whole career's kind of been plagued with hurts. Not don't uh, take anything away from him this year. He's had phenomenal year. He's in certainly in the Cy Young conversation. I don't think he's gonna win it just because he hasn't uh, he hasn't pitched enough this year. But um, no, it's thank you for the year. Thank you for pitching us to a World Series title and. Uh, 
here's your ring and have fun on the on the Red Sox next year <laughs> or the San Francisco Giants. Well, yeah, I'm uh, I'm uh, really happy that they decided to bet on Lance Lynn. Yeah. And not the Carlos Rodon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know? for sure. So um, but hey, just to change gears a little bit and totally go off topic, you uh, you mentioned earlier that I'm, I've been holding off on this because we've talked about it um, here and there, teased it a little bit, but I kind of want to dive into it because I think it's actually happening. October 8th uh, is the U.S. release of No Time to Die, mm, yes. and uh, September 30th is the official uh, release of No Time to Die in the U.K. There's still time for them to cancel it, so don't get too excited. Okay, okay, relax. You know, don't hate on my parade because I hated on yours earlier with the with the uh, the White Sox. You know, possibly getting pounced on the first round. <laughs> um, no time to die is uh, the the fifth and final uh, outing for Daniel Craig. Supposedly wraps up all four of the previous movies: Casino Royale, the dreadful Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, Spectre. Um, just give me your thoughts on the Daniel Craig era. You know, we'll, we'll dive into your thoughts on, uh, what, what you expect and what do you, how do you think it plays out in no time to die? I know you've seen them. I know you're more of a mission impossible fan. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm a, I'm well, more lately James though, Bond. I feel like mission impossible has been coming up for you towards the bond. It's come up yeah. to par. Oh yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, all right. So all right, cool. I just think you're there's back. more. I just think there's more clunkers in the James Bond franchise. And granted, when that's what happens tw- when twenty-five. When you make of twenty-five of them, as opposed to yes, I, I understand that. Um, I mean, even as you went through the the, the list there, you know, the Casino Royale, Quantum the, of Solace, the, the, Skyfall, and Spectre. The, the great Casino Royale, the ugh, Quantum of Solace, the phenomenal Skyfall, and the and and the goods. Good Spectre. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all of them and then Quantum. Yeah, and I'm going to try to watch. I'm going to try to rewatch them all. Quantum, I'm just not looking forward to watching. And that's the one I don't own. So I'm going to have to actually spend money to watch it, too, which is going to take five bucks out of someone's tip for carryout. So, you know. (laughs) Jesus. Do you have an Apple TV? What, I have the app on the TV, yes. Can you sign into that? Yes, yes. We have the, the plus, whatever the thing is. And we can rent movies through it, yeah. Okay. You need to sign in my account. I don't need to. I have one. That's great that you have one. Let me finish my thought, <laughs> you asshole. Because this is going to be huge when we do our extra innings ver- you know, side of the pod. Because I have, I own over like a thousand fifty movies on my account. Jesus. So if you sign into my account, you can watch Quantum for free. Mm. And because the rule is, when we do our extra innings podcast, the movie has to be watched by both participants before yeah. we review. Yeah, of course. And I wanted to. I was even like, it's awesome that you have the app, but I was willing to buy a hard-headed, you know, an Apple TV for you so you could sign in. But it's awesome that you have the app. But yeah, you could sign into my account and watch any of the movies. Because I have a little trick where I have an Apple TV here, and I have it hooked up at my mom's, too. She could log into my account. So if you want, just ask me for the digits. Not going to give them out here. 
but ask me for the All no those people that no free advertising. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you could watch Quantum for free uh, under my account because I okay. you know you know own a thousand movies. But I was definitely going to suggest that to you when we start the uh, the extra innings version All right. part of this. But but yeah, Quantum. The good thing about Quantum and and dreading it's the, the shortest it's one. the shortest Bond yeah. movie ever. So. But yeah, Casino Royale, phenomenal. Like, got down to the grassroots. Uh, the love story, you know, phenomenal. Um, Quantum, you know. But well, go ahead with was, your thoughts. That one was plagued, I think, and it's been documented that it's been plagued with, um, you know, issues with the script. Like, they started shooting it without a script, so that's never a good way to, to film a movie. Um, I think that they had to finish it because then there was going to be an actor strike very shortly as they were wrapping it up. So it was, I, you know, from what I understand and what I've read and, you know, what I've heard, it was always just plagued with issues and they never really, um, got the script complete there. They kind of wrote it as they went along, kind of like how we do this podcast. So, um, <laughs> so, you know, it was just kind of one of those movies that was thrown together and probably just never, was fully realized. So, I th- I, and it, and it really shows with with with, th- with th- the with the movie. I think it was a writer's strike. Though. Yeah, it, well, no, there was a writer's strike that prevented the script from being done, or right. it prevented like a fully fleshed out script. And then they were going. There was a potential for, I believe, an actor's strike as it was wrapping up. So they had to rush the the end yeah. finishing up the movie and the villain wasn't great in that one and no it, nothing was very really great i think the the the, the opening scene uh the car chase yeah but you know other the, than that the but, action but was even good. that like because that was the first ever continuation from another one right so a lot of just and what i didn't like is that you know they they turned in quantum and inspector they like Spectre was overseeing Quantum, and that, like you said, clunky, got messy. Moving on, Skyfall. Give me your thoughts. Uh, well, I mean, that's clearly the best one of, of certainly the Daniel Craig ones, and you know, probably the best Bond movie ever. Um, wow. Yeah. O- over Casino. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, okay. I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, just a. You know, it's magnificent. I mean, they. I, I love that it took place a lot in London. Um, not that I have any connection <laughs> to London, but I, I, I think that was well done. Um, the the villain was Javier Bardem was was great. Um, just a highly emotional story. Um, I, going into it, I did not know it was Judy Dench's last. I didn't either. Uh, M. So the ending was was a surprise to me. Um, I like how they introduced the Bond uh, Family. allies. Yeah, yeah, allies there um, throughout the movie. Uh, just well done. A lot of winks at the camera to like old, old films, uh, the James Bond lore. It was just well done. I think the the um, the chase through London as he's getting into the the hearing with M and Ralph Fiennes in there. I think that is is very well done. One of the uh, best moments in any Bond film when he's when he has the the fight with Javier Bardem in the subway tunnels as he's chasing him through the, the subway area and then he's running through London to get to that hearing uh, and then he opens the door and then the big shootout happens. I think that's mm-hmm. one of the all-time best 
uh, Bond sequences uh, ever. Yeah, the the thing I love about I mean, like couple couple hits for me with Skyfall is that uh, you know Adele just rocks the song. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, it, I mean, that's a that is a prototypical James Bond song. The, you can even you could put that in like one of the '60s Bond. Films oh yeah, and absolutely. It, and it would because the sense. first yeah. two Daniel Craig's ones were a little like. What's going on here? You yeah, know? the Chris Cornell one was all right. The Jack White one was awful, and that really set the tone for the movie too. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I didn't, like. Yeah. There's nothing good about Quantum. No, nothing. not really. Nothing. No. And like, yeah, no, I like the Chris Cornell one. It's it's not. It was just different. It's not yeah. a Bond one. But like, getting back to the, like Skyfall and the Adele one though, that's that's your like Bond. That's Goldfinger. That's Thunderball. That's right. Moonraker. You know, Shirley Bassett just belting out. You know hits and and vocals um the thing with uh skyfall though is like the cinematography man is just yeah. like like just numerous That's Deacons, isn't it um i i can look that I up it's roger Deacon. but like when he's in shanghai you know fighting the assassin and the neon lights and yeah. and then going to the casino with all the fire and the red and then you know going to the sailboat and the and the and the uh the city of that's just deserted and then introduction to Javier Bardem and the two rats. And, and then, like you said, the running through London and then man, the, 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 not the final scene, but the final action scene at Skyfall with the huge ass helicopter and, and, you know, like 40 guys like, you know, come up to this place and, you know, they get, they almost get out of it. You think they get out of it. You think Judy Dench and M survives and, and uh, Roger Deakins is the cinematographer for Skyfall, and uh, you know it's just it's just phenomenal. Like Sky, like I actually thought you were gonna say, like Skyfall and Casino Royale are up there in the top ones. I actually thought you liked Casino a little bit more, but um, yeah, no, Skyfall is right there for me. Um, and then yeah, let's go on to let's go on to Spectre. Yeah, you know Spectre, uh, it seemed it was very long, and not that I. Uh, you know, I'm scared for long films. Long films don't bother me. It. I hope not because uh, No Time to Die will break the record. For no, the, I can I can sit through a three-hour movie or th- you know whatever. But it's Spectre seemed unnecessarily lengthy, um, especially kind of that last act, which I. That's where a lot of the criticism came with that movie. But I actually enjoyed it yeah. as he's going through the the bombed out MI6 headquarters. Um, Where they tie the strings together. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, I thought Christoph. When I heard Christoph Waltz was going to be the villain, I thought, "Holy crow, that's gonna be phenomenal!" It, it never really materialized very well. I thought, I thought it was. I think the storyline of how it was like Bond's long lost brother and like you know yeah. the adopted or orphan brother. They grew up to each other. It was like. Drop all that. Like it's let him just be Ernest over Blofeld and yeah, they were they were trying to put in I think a lot of things that just weren't needed there. Um, a lot of clunk. Yeah, I, I, it certainly it was an enjoyable movie. I enjoyed. I think. I mean, I think he does a good Blofeld. Like yeah. you know, it's just I don't think this the script like we're not the script wasn't Quantum, but like it wasn't Skyfall either. And you know, it was closer well, to Skyfall, the, closer to Casino, but. Yeah, and it, it had the expect it had the unfortunate thing of coming out after following up Skyfall, which one is one of the best. Bond yeah, one of the ever. best ones. So, right. um, not not bad. Um, 
you know, certainly enjoyable, but, you know, one of the good, not great Bond films. For sure. And there's a lot of good, not great ones. Yeah. And yeah. there's also a number of bad ones, too. Yeah. That's the great thing about a Bond list is that you can talk to 25 different people for 25 different movies, and every one of them's list will be different. Yeah, that's true. You know, mm-hmm. one from one through 25. Um, but, yeah, what are your predictions? What are your thoughts? What's going to happen in No Time to Die? You know, we, we pick up where uh, James Bond, Daniel Craig's James Bond, is retired for five years, and Felix Leiter comes and visits him in Jamaica and pulls him out of retirement. Yeah, you know, uh, I've done a good job of not really um, reading too much about it. And granted, this movie's been done for i think two years now and it's been delayed for it's got about long. six six other six different trailers right so i think i've done a decent job of trying to avoid a lot of the the talk about it. i know the the rumor is rami malik's character is actually dr dr no. no so we'll we'll see if that comes out um i'm just interested to see how they wrap it up are they gonna wrap it up as this is the end of James Bond in this particular world. And then the next iteration of it is just going to be a, a starting Bond. over again. Right. Like these didn't happen, which is I'm fine with. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, there looks to be like this, you know, they're, they're really building it up as everything's going to be answered. I, they're setting themselves up for, I think a lot of disappointment though, because you don't need to explain every little right. you don't there's nothing really to explain with this it's at the end of the day the James Bond movies they're they're action movies i know right. they've kind of built some mythology in these in these movies um i i guess the the one big question is who is his wife now or his 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 girlfriend that you know he he quit for and cuz obviously there's something going on with her right. blofeld is still in the movie or, what's the connection between yeah, Seth what's all the connection? Yeah. and Blofeld? And I don't think it's... To me, that's not... Um, I'm not going back to it to find all that out. Like, it's... it's I, I don't need it, if, if that makes sense. But it, they've certainly woven this world together. And I still don't fully understand what Ava Green's character was in Casino Royale. She, she was the uh, treasury. She was the treasury, but what... But she was, thre- they the 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 villains got to her boyfriend to rig the game for the villain. No, I, <laughs> so they were the villains got to her boyfriend, right? And they were holding him hostage, and they were threatening her with him, right? Hurting him, and then she gave up the uh, the money. In negotiation or in agreement of, you know, hopefully letting her boyfriend go. But then it was later found out that her boyfriend was part of it and her boyfriend portrayed her and they just used that as a cover story. See, and that was revealed in, in quantum. quantum and that's the one that I've like tried and, to block. And then, um, but the agreement was to let Bond go. But then once the money went into the account, she still had to pass it off to them which is the end of Casino Royale where right. she, where she gets yeah. where she gets uh, murdered. So it was basically that um 
her her boyfriend was they told they told her that her boyfriend was being threatened and, and captured when he was a part of it and wasn't really doing that. Okay. And then right. that made her coerce into, you know, making the deal to let Bond go and then giving them the the codes or or making the deal that, you know, if they let Bond go and they let him go, then once Bond gave the password, then they would meet him after cashing it out with the briefcase. Yeah, okay. So if that makes sense. I think, yeah, a lot of it was explained in the second movie. Right. Which has been blocked from my memory. Right. It's, it's yeah. like I said, clunky. Yeah. Um, see, the two things that I'm worried about, and I hope they don't go too deep here, and these are just fan theories that I've read, is that somehow there's a James Bond uh, specimen out there. James Bond has a child. Oh, no. Oh. Or James Bond is going to die. At this, yeah, that's what I don't want to happen. Yeah, yeah, don't. That's a that's an easy that's a cop out to wrap everything up and do something different. And yeah, and I've and I've heard some theories that a, a next reboot could actually take place in the sixties. I think that's an interesting idea to I've redo heard that it. Too. Uh, you know, that's interesting. I think that I don't know what you do next, and it, you know, to do then the same thing. I, I, like do you gritty? You, can't, you don't do you reboot do, it again. Do you do gritty again? I don't. I don't know. Do you start doing campy again? It's got to be a mix. It's got to be like Pierce Brosnan, but not like Die Another Day Pierce Brosnan, like, like Goldeneye Pierce Brosnan, where it is gritty, but it's like charming gritty too. Or right. or even do like don't do gritty, but do like Sean Connery, where it's like cold assassin killer, where like. He'll pull a woman in front of him to save his own life. You know, right. it doesn't have to be gritty. He doesn't have to like show emotion and like tears and anything. But do like do the the cold-hearted assassin. You know, Sean yeah. Connery thing. Uh, one thing I hope they don't do is reboot it again. Just you've rebooted it. Just go on now. New actor. Just just go on with it. Interesting. Which sucks to hear because I know like I, I do want Christopher Nolan to do a Bond. But the only way he'll do a Bond is if he reboots it. And it's just like, well, what do we just spend the last 20 years doing? Yeah. I mean, are we going to reboot it every time we get a new actor? Maybe. Ugh. Ugh. That's like, now we're turning into Batman. Every time there's a Batman film, what do we got? That's another movie that's never going to come out. Every time when there's a Batman movie, what do we got to see? We got to see him going to the theater. Yeah. You know, it's just like, what are we doing here? So, um... I, I have heard the 60s re reboot, and I'm, oh, God, I hope that. I mean, like, the thing that I would struggle with so much, it's, like, with all the technology, all the gadgets we have, like, you're going to reserve yourself and not, like, if you do it in the 60s, there's so much stuff you can't do. Yeah. So it's just, like, that's tough. But um, for No Time to Die, I'm hoping that it doesn't get any weird cop-outs. I'm hoping that it's, hope he doesn't die, hope he doesn't have a kid. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping there's a good twist with Safin. My guess is that I think he's got clones. I think there's two of them. Um, I think he does something with, uh, they haven't really ever done back to like the only time they, did you ever see diamonds are forever where they had, yeah. they had the two Blofelds? Yeah. They haven't done that. 
ever since. And, you know, I just remember with uh, in the trailer, he's got the one. There's one where he's got like all the scars. And then in the next one, he's it's like real. It's real fixed up. And, like, I just know he, he's a germaphobe. He has something to do with uh, cleanliness or, or something with gene, genealogy. So um, it'll be interesting, you know, his dominance and take on the world. Um, but I, I just – I hope – I agree with you. I hope it's not too too campy. So who are you – you got anybody you're going to see with that with? I have no idea. I mean – Are you going to see that in the theater? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. I, I, we should, I'm we not, should do I'll a hard-headed sit, date, man. I'll sit next to someone. I'll, do, you, do you know the last movie that we saw together? Uh, in a theater? Uh, no, I don't. I love you, man. Was it that? Yeah. I thought it was. Um, no, we saw the uh, first Avengers. You, your uncle, and I saw the first Avengers. Are you sure? Yes, we sat in like the first row. We sat in one of the very first rows in front of the screen. Yes. That kind of sounds familiar, actually. Yeah. Was uh, one of my plus ones there, too, maybe? I don't remember. I, I don't remember that, but I know I saw it with you. The first one. Yeah, you might be right on that, actually. Okay. All right. So that would have had to have been the last one. Well, um, you know, we should do a hard-headed day, man. Because you know, it's coming out, though, the weekend of the first round of the playoffs. So that would be that would be October eighth. Yeah. Wait, it's this is coming out or something else is coming no, out? No, no time to die oh, yeah, is October coming 8th. out the first weekend of the playoffs. Yeah. You know what we should do? <laughs> this is what we should do. We should do an early showing and then do a podcast during a, like one of the uh not Sox playoff games and then do our do our podcast and then we can go oh, on. There's our, an idea. We can go on our way and watch the game here or you know, you go home. And then that's we got a little no time to die. We get a little baseball preview. Yeah, that might there be you go. that might be a situation. So Mike, we're sitting here in the top of the ninth, and we are going to wrap this up pretty soon. Uh, it's eight nothing White Sox, and uh, after tonight, the magic number will be number five. But uh, I just wanted to fit this in here. You recently went to a new ballpark, and you checked one off the list. Yeah, so it was number eighteen. I've been to now, so eighteen current active ballparks i've been to 19 total uh the one that is no longer uh is which is in uh, in dust we talked about that be. on check that out on podcast number yeah, two if you want to be is the metrodome but yeah no so eight ballpark 18 uh the tampa bay rays tropicana field and uh oh boy <laughs> tell oh me boy. your thoughts oh boy uh, I'm glad the Sox didn't move there. You're glad you're not a Tampa Bay yeah. White Sox fan? Yeah, you know, it's just, it's worn. It's certainly worn there. The outside of the park looks, you know, like those old, you know, 70s, 80s domes. Um, inside, there's, you know, just not a lot of life in there. Um, you know, for, and, and I'm not going to get on, the raise about you know attendance and everything because i know the Sox have their own you know people make fun of the Sox for not having a filled ballpark even though they've been shitty for the last 12 years you know i'm not we won't get into that but um that's that's when we're you know yeah, getting blown out right. um so yeah i mean so knowing that the raise park is not a 
destination ballpark for baseball fans. Um, you know, normally when we do road trips, um, uh, you know, you try and get you know good seats somewhere down in the lower bowl or something when you do road trips or something like was that. Was it you and plus one in, in the fam? Or? No, it was me, my dad, my brother. Oh, cool. Very cool. So it was the three of us. So, is that like a pre-wedding? Uh, yeah, kind of. That's cool. You know, um, my uncle was originally going to go, but uh, he, he at the as we got up to it, he, he decided to take a uh, set it out. But um, so you know, normally you 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 know you buy some some nice seats to to a new ballpark. You want to do like laps around, so you see what the parks have to offer. Knowing that the Tropicana Field isn't something that you know you're gonna probably send a postcard home about. Uh, we just went big and did their equivalent of the scout seats on that. So since the park is old, uh, it, I think it was built in the 80s and didn't really house a baseball team until 97 or, or 98, 98 when the Rays came into the league. Um, you know, they, they've certainly tried to, to modernize parts of it. So the, the strange thing about their premium behind the plate seats is that you know I know at the I have not sat in the scout seats at the Sox Park but I know that the the um, the restaurant the all-inclusive private area is you know underneath the tunnel behind, underneath those seats and it seems like a lot of other ballparks that have that is the same setup you know you have your seats behind the plate you walk under a tunnel and there's your restaurant and your your free food, your free your bar and everything like that. At the Rays, they don't have that. So you just got a tunnel. <laughs> you have a tunnel to the bathroom, which is nice that you have your own bathroom. But you, if you want to go up to your VIP area to get your free food, your your carving station, your pizza station, your dessert station, your bar, all this good stuff that they're feeding you. You have to walk, physically walk up the stairs back up to the concourse. There's no separation between the seats. And so then you have to go back up to the concourse. You have to take an elevator up to the, the Rays Club or whatever it is. And you walk off in there, and then that's where it is. So you're going up and down the stadium to do all this. Now, they do have a wait, wait staff there that brings you, you know, beer and drinks and everything. But for food, you got to go up and get it. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like a stadium club at a minor league ballpark. Yeah, that's and like it's, it's clear this wasn't originally the in the plan. Yeah, it, it's exactly what it was. It was above the first baseline. And so this evening gets wilder. So we go up there. We're there for you know an hour before the game starts. You know we're eating. We're we're having a good time. Uh, we go back down the seats. We sit in our nice seats behind home plate. You know we keep getting some beverages, and then our waitress says to us, "Have you guys been up in the VIP area yet?" And we say, "Well, yeah, we were. We we went up there." She goes, "No, there's a special section for just the people in this." ticket area I, I don't it's called the some 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 section some sponsored section and they said no that area is for all premium seating holders in the park i guess it's another premium seating area too the the, the special vip area is off in the corner through the bathrooms 
<laughs> that only you, only you, the people that sit here can go. And we're like, oh, great. Well, then what's up there? It's just chicken wings and shrimp. <laughs> so Jeez. we went up there. So this is the strangest thing. So we go back up there. The Sox are getting killed. They were clearly hungover, not interested in playing baseball that they, afternoon. They didn't execute that no, day? No, they, they, they did not do anything that day. They let a bum-ass Chris Archer like shut them down for three or four innings. So we go up there. We look for this special home play club. It is so you walk in to go to the bathroom where the two doors are. There's a door off to the side to go into this special area where they have like a piece of paper up that says VIP area. It's literally like Wait, a, you have to walk through the bathroom to no, go. Th- so the, the bathrooms you walk in. So, you know, when you walk into a bathroom where there's like men, women. Right? Oh, OK. I gotcha. There's another door. On to the right, I believe it was. Great. So they put the VIP room by the shitters? Yes. Yes, they did. So you walk into this other room that's like you're going into a bathroom. And it's like a hotel conference room. All like fold-up tables. It's, so the, the, the actual raised club is really well done. It's, it's dark. It's, it's dimly lit. A lot of couches. You know, a bar in there. You know, carving stations. This... This goofy VIP area is just some bright, like, employee cafeteria room. Ugh. And they just put in, a, 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 under a hot lamp, chicken wings and shrimp. The, the same chicken wings, mind you, that are out in the other VIP. And, and here, look at me. I'm, like, making fun of the VIP areas. But it's just, it's it's funny to me. It, it's it's It, it kind of just goes to show you what the atmosphere is like at that baseball park. Not a place that you really need to make a destination out to um when i any ballpark ranking thing that i see that i don't see the rays now at the bottom i'm just automatically because when i see like the Sox park as number 29 or 30 i'm like there is no possible way that you can tell me that the rays park is better oakland i've never been to oakland but you can't tell me oakland's park is better than the Sox park or any other dome like um i still think uh, Miller Park is not as good as people make it out to be. Um, but, you know, the, so, you know, decent, you know, it's a sad-looking, worn park. It's, it's, that's what it is. But they got a hell of a team there. The fans that are there are, are you know, really into it. Well, I think a little overly into it. <laughs> um, the the 5,000 that show up yeah, for the first-place team? Honestly, it was like – it was about five, six thousand people. But hey, at least probably. those people are into it. So they are. They're, but they're also that overly into it. Like a base hit does not need like yeah, you know. I, and that might just be um, a fly ball. You know, so everything. Yeah, everything hit in the air is a home run. But that just might be like annoy the people from Chicago that are overtaking us here, kind right. of thing. Right. So. Uh, I'm glad we went. Glad I got to check that one off because probably wouldn't have any other thought to go there again. So, have you ever been to San Francisco or San Diego? San Francisco is my all-time number one. Okay, you're Giants. Yeah, I love that park too. I'm I'm thinking of trying to go to doing that road trip either L.A. to San Fran or San Fran to San Diego next year. Well, they're playing the Padres the final weekend of the year. Well, then what was it? I think it's Angels-Giants. No, they're, and then they're playing somebody after the Giants, though. Is it L.A., maybe? Maybe. I don't know. I know they're, they're, they're 
the Giants the Fourth of July weekend. Mm-hmm. Which that would be a nice. The Padres are the final weekend of the year in October. I know that's weird. I do remember that. You're right. And that is weird. It's very strange. That's a strange series. You know, I mean, Tatis will probably hit like three bombs at us. Yeah, yeah, you know. But I do think, hold on, let me, I'm just looking this up real quick. You said July? Giants are July, yes. Um, Oh, I'm sorry, that's June real quick, so. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, so it's it would be the Angels and then the Giants. Maybe I was just thinking that I'd like to do both trips, San Diego and San Francisco. Yeah, but you could back-to-back on the Angels and the uh, the Giants on that. That would be a nice trip because I haven't, I haven't seen the Angels. But, uh, Mike, it's the bottom of the ninth here. The Sox are winning 8 nothing. No outs, but I think they got this one pretty much in the bag. They've goddamn better, Jason. Uh, yeah, so it looks like the Sox are going to be walking away after this game with uh, an, uh, gaining another game on the Cleveland Indians, making their lead in the AL Central 12 games. Uh, their magic number will drop to five, uh, and it looks like good times ahead. Good times ahead, man. Um, I'm hoping to do maybe one of these, one more of these before the playoffs. If not, we're going to definitely shoot for the first weekend of the playoffs. And I do like that idea of the no time to die possibly review since huge Bond fans here. And we've been talking about that and maybe a good little playoff preview. We, we definitely want to, you know, not to uh, rain on the playoff parade. We definitely want to get one more of these in just in case they do get bounced. Ah. But, uh, and, you know, There's no guarantees in baseball. There are no guarantees in this, but uh, I think we had fun tonight. You know, I appreciate you guys tuning in and listen. Um, please catch us at uh, Hard Headed Pod. You know, on SoundCloud, Twitter, and Instagram, and uh, you know, you'll be able to listen to us there. Mike, any final words? Nope. Another uh, successful podcast here. The Sox look like they're going to come away with another victory here. Their 84th victory of the season, and. Uh, We'll be talking again later. <laughs> <laughs>